My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the North, general of the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. That's all you had to do. <laughs> no. Someone trusted <laughs> you to show down. you something beautiful, and you went and fucked it I up. I know, you went and had to touch it. Yeah, I mean, I'll who never does forgive that? him for that, that. That's what happens Ever. at the zoo, and they were like, oh, look at the pretty polar bear. <laughs> Did you see someone three weeks ago was got bit by a jaguar, or scratched really bad by the jaguar. At a in zoo? In Jacksonville. See, the guy cool. jumped one fence yeah. to get to the fence where you can actually stick your hand in. And he was taunting him, like yeah. pointing at him and feel making fun at him. I said, let the Jaguar no. get it. The story meal. ended with the guy in the hospital. I was like, yeah, yeah exactly the yeah. way it was supposed to end. There was something uh, we saw in the news where uh, a crocodile grabbed this mm-hmm. woman. Didn't you see the... Yeah, the, the guy from the crowd or a it, guy from the guy the from a random crowd yeah. like, jumped on his back. I was this guy must be from Alabama or Florida, man. Because I would break <laughs> up an animal attack before I break up a human attack. I don't know why that... Yeah. I don't want to get accidentally I don't, shot. I don't know the context... Of yeah. the human human fight. That's true. But I know the context of it. <laughs> I know what that animal wants. I don't I don't have to guess. But then again, Maybe we know the guy was a pedophile. <laughs> yeah. Let him hit him a few times. I had some story that came out with some woman who had to they, they broke up some uh, affair that she was having with a chimpanzee. I didn't I, I didn't, didn't read that I didn't story. Click, I didn't no. click on it because I was like, I, I, I don't did. need to know this. <laughs> but I the think headline it was what, enough. I think it was one of those creepies you just showed up all, all day and stared at him. Okay. That's, that's I don't different. think it was actually <laughs> it's like, I don't think the law needs to be well yeah, they, what state was it? I don't even know. Sounds like an Alabama thing. It was appropriate click, already, clickbait. It's probably for the sure. South. It has to be the South. I mean, that's why a t- are we so crazy down here? Is it the heat? <laughs> it's got to be the heat, right? It's totally. What the was heat. that one movie? Um, it was an older movie, but they were in New Orleans a lot. Hmm. It oh, was a murder heat? mystery. Yeah, body he heat. Had yeah. A, yeah, it, it was, was good. Yeah, John Hurt. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, but they, it, they really. Sh- didn't they play the heat up? Oh yeah, really big yeah. time in that. There was a good movie, random indie movie called uh, Palmetto, which was also it was in Florida, but it was Woody Harrelson, Elizabeth Shue. It was also it was a very been in sweaty, nasty. No, it's my favorite city. I'm gonna go tomorrow. Is everything you, all right there? Yeah. <laughs> I already got you. I booked you a trip there already. That's horrible. Cut that out. Cut that out. Cut that part out. <laughs> well, when the when it's gone. Well, edit it back out. I, I unless think they miss. So if you don't know, there's a Category 4 storm heading to New Orleans right as we speak. Like, it's already uh, just offshore. It didn't hit land yet, did it? No, but it's... Soon, hours away. Hours away, yeah. But they reinforced the hell out of that. They did, but the mayor said this is going to be worse as the 1850s. It's going to be that guy from uh, Apollo 13 when he's watching to see if the LEM LEM works. I knew it! (laughs) 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 Looks like you get to keep your job. Damn right! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh... I mean that city. That city is such a cool city, but it's built in yeah. a goddamn bowl. It if you're gonna build like a city, a, don't build it as a bowl around the water. I'm of the age way. I don't want to go to the party in cities now, and that you don't strike me as avoid a party all city. that. You literally just, can avoid all that. Just going a specific time of yeah. the year. Nope. Just staying away from Bourbon Street, <laughs> or stay away from Jazz Fest. Stay away from any fest, yeah. especially Mardi Gras. I've been to 13 Mardi Gras or 10 Mardi Gras. 
I enjoyed you're about lucky three you, of them. You're lucky you went when you did. Because I enjoyed about three of them. Who's going to go now? Well, the cool thing was is I was taking trips of foreign kids there. Yeah. Like 15 of us. Oh, they probably loved it. And they loved it. And I loved being around them because those guys knew how to have fun, man. Yeah. They were some good time having people. And I'm sure they had festivals where they were from, but oh, probably not as all the massive. No, I mean, the, the Dutch people, they have a yeah, festival every week. fests and stuff like that. They yeah. have a fest every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Mardi Gras is going to be a little different from here on out, at least by pandemic standards for another five years. And me years. too standards, I, I don't probably. think. Five years, I think it's, we're not going to see shit completely switch to normal. But, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but... Where's your segue? My segue? Uh, I, I started with a segue. We got it. You got to go. Oh, don't you? Just, <laughs> but you have to segue from the banter into the. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it on air. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that scene from, uh, my favorite scene from. Uh, Wayne's World 2. Wayne's World. It's when he was, he had the hammer and he's hitting that robotic hand he was making while they were in break for the oh, television show. Oh, that's not what show. I was even thinking of. No. I was thinking of when he was in front oh, yeah, of the no, audience no, 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 on no. number two. Yeah. I'm in charge. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, what a funny show. No. Well, have you seen, and I should show you the trailer after I did not. after we cut the, the Gucci trailer? I saw uh, pictures of the set, but I didn't see that's the That's the newest Ridley Scott movie, yeah. so it's going to be awesome so when it comes relevant. out. It's very relevant. And Why it's, is it, it relevant? It just dropped. Because? <laughs> we're de- well, if you read the, the synopsis <laughs> of today's episode, we're going to do... I did not. Ridley Scott is going to be our, our guy for today. I was just looking. Let me look this up it's real quick. I'm surprised we haven't done this guy already. We haven't done Cronenberg yet, which is surprising. Really? It's... It's I just like so we, many directors. Either, either we talked about doing Cronenberg a lot. Or we did Cronenberg. Eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. This is our 19th director that uh, director series we've done. We've Maybe done the lot. number 20th should be two directors that worked in the same genre and who was better. Like well, director just to director. give you an idea of ones we haven't done, because I have a list of ones we haven't done yet. Uh, we haven't done David Cronenberg. We haven't done Clint Eastwood, Richard Donner, John Hughes, and Sidney Pollock. Those are three major ones. There's a lot more than that, but those are th- those are like five major ones that we're uh, planning on doing in the next couple months or something like that. So this yeah. is episode 198. 198. That's so close. Almost special. We've been getting the. Uh, that's the only good thing about Facebook, in my opinion, is that the anniversary reminders and everything. Oh, and they, yeah, was, yeah. they said like four years ago you posted this, and it was us, and it was like it was us doing episode one. But I was just like that seemed pretty early until I was remembering that we had done episode one like three times because we were still trying to figure out the equipment. And yeah. we we bought equipment and none of it worked. We were like, this is sucks. well. The problem was we were trying to do it on the cheap. Yeah, well, that's what I did. And I we sold, bought a cheap mixer, didn't well, we? Well, I sold the... Uh, and microphones, cheap microphones. We had used a weird mixer, and then I had been hearing all about the Zoom recorder. If you're listening, that's yeah. what we record on. And it's all and you, that's what most it's people all you would ever need. My client, I'm in charge of someone's pod in yeah. charge. They have, an, they have a bigger... I assist. They have a bigger some, Zoom one that, that includes podcast, a, uh, yeah. a mixer as part of it, but we don't need that. I, I mean, mean, you can do it digitally. You can do it through here, and, and you can do it you can on do post. it in post. Most of that... Yeah. As long as you get clean audio, you can do anything with it. So the latest Zoom recorder used that. And what I did is I sold, like, most of my Walking Dead collection and got, like, $800 and spent six on the recorder and then, like, uh, mic stands and mics, decent ones. We tried to get fancy with the condenser ones, and they were, like, weird and sounding and everything. So So that's what we're going with. you got enough in you to get to 300? (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, yeah, we could easily do that. We'll, we'll see. Backtrack a little bit. I don't remember anything from year one. I've been pretty good so far, other than specific series that are continuations. But and we've never we, done like we've never redone like eighties comedies, or, unless we or, had a series of it. Unless we had a series of it. Like we didn't do the same five movies in a, in that category. No, but or yeah. ten movies or whatever. And we haven't gone back and done any of that. So and we could still and we'd get a totally forward. completely different take. My, yeah. As I get older, as long as we looked back to and just pick different movies than we did, before. and I wouldn't want to listen to any of them. <laughs> no, not the new ones, the old ones. Uh, the I don't old want ones? to get like. Are you that way about listening to old shit? No, I like I listen to it in context. But okay. if we were going to redo episode oh, yeah, 80s yeah. comedy, I wouldn't listen to the other one just to. Well, I, I would make sure that we were picking different movies. We wouldn't want to pick the same movies. He would. He's why he's the producer. That's what Christina had mentioned. Uh, my wife had mentioned earlier in the week. Like I, I told her I was mentioning something like this was on my top five. She's like, that doesn't ever change. I said, my top ten will never change. I said, but my top fifty changes. Oh yeah. They're, because I was thinking about it, and I was once upon a time in Hollywood's on my top fifty movies of all time. Yeah, it was just and it, made. Yeah, and it was just made. So that that there are ones that can break it, but with my top five, and I picked my top five without even going back to look at what I had picked for episode one, and they were the same things because they, you they don't let change. us know if your top ten ever changes. Yeah, like my top five will always be Big Trouble in Little China, Jaws, Blade Runner, Escape from New York, and Karate Kid. So from those, will, those will always you really be can't my top take five. away your childhood. Like, yeah, those movies are absolutely perfect. I can watch them over and over and over. They're again. also like they don't even have to mean as much to you now because they meant so much to you when you were younger. Yeah, no, you know that's what I true mean? too. I think when you and look most back, people like, probably don't like some of those movies. I had like a lot. Of, I was having a lot of fun doing hanging out with a lot of cool people back when the uh, big uh, when uh, one crazy summer. And Better oh, Off yeah, Dead yeah. came out. Yeah, that's like those 87, aren't great 88. movies at all. Yeah, they're fun. They hold up. They're fun. But I just remember having so much fun. Those were different, though. If you think Better Off, if you think the Savage Steve Holland, which we we could do one of his, but he's only done like three movies. It's and funny when I look back. Like some of our mutual friends are ones that love movie quotes. Oh yeah, yeah. Like John Christian it was, was all about big movie, quotes, movie quotes. Steve, big on movie quotes. Yeah, Jose. Jose was, his whole life was goddamn movie quote. Yeah, yeah. And Wall- half Wallace, of them were Wallace from uh, half of them were from uh, what's that movie? Where weird they, science. Yes, weird science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did a lot of weird science quotes. <laughs> I got them. They're fine. You can do movie They're quotes fine, around me all day long. I know, but that that was. <laughs> I love it when people when I pull it out and I'm like, yeah, you're not gonna get one passed on me. He said, you want to go random? Go random on me because I'd love to hear it. Uh, Usually, I can get people if I do quick change. Yeah, I mean... It has a lot of quotes that are really cool. I wonder how many <laughs> I'm people have... I'm the crying on the inside kind of clown. I just don't know how many people know that and shit. That's what I'm I saying. think you have another squeaky chair over there. Just just keep it together. Just stop squeaking just the chair. keep it together. Don't move around so much. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're talking Ridley Scott today. And we've narrowed it down to like 10 of his classic, classic movies. And a lot of people confuse him with Tony Scott. They have two completely different styles, Tony Scott and Ridley Scott. Yeah. Brilliant family that both uh, put out... So many movies. One from of them our jumped youth. off the Manhattan Bridge. Yeah, that was Tony, and he did great stuff. Tony Scott's mostly known for like Top Gun, yeah. a lot of Denzel movies, Man on Fire. He, he did a lot he of those in the past. Yeah, him I and liked them both. Yeah, both I liked them both. I think Ridley had a bigger range because Ridley he Took started out really with sci-fi, and then like switched it completely by the time he got to like 
Thelma and Louise, yep. and then was and now is completely like if you watch that Gucci trailer, you you could totally think that it was a well, like he's a Scorsese storyteller movie. with his movies now. Whereas yeah. before they were sensational and fun, and the dialogue no. was cool. But looking at Black Hawk Down and American Gangster, yeah. Or even high drama, even Gladiator. He he realized at some point he was a classic minute or an hour forty five minute guy, and then once he realized that everyone else was doing two and a half, three, it seemed all right. Like I don't even know what the running time for that Gucci movie is, but I guarantee it's close to three because it looks like a wide spanning epic, uh, and it stars Lady Gaga and Adam Driver, uh, Pacino's in it. But Jared I'm almost Leto. more excited sometimes to watch a three hour movie than oh, I am yeah. to watch an hour and forty five yeah. minute movie. I, I think you can get so much more out there. Oh, yeah. Like, nothing would be more of a disappointment if you heard Quentin came out with a two-hour movie. I'd be like, oh, fuck. What the hell happened there? You would have to be able to jump right into character without backstory. It'd be hard. It, if it was he, like an experimental thing that he was doing, I could respect it. But, I, you know, you expect... He's going to remake Volcano. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. Dante's Peak. <laughs> remake that one instead. Uh, so, yeah, Ridley Scott, we've been familiar with... We. We probably both watched the second one on this list before we watched any of them. I mean, maybe we were. Maybe three. Yeah, I don't think we watched uh, Alien first, but we're going to start with Alien first. 1979, he had already done The Duelist, which we, we kind of left off the list, which is great. Who was uh, in that? that? Harvey Keitel and one of the Carradines. Uh, David. I don't think it's David. Peter. It's either Keith or... Keith. Uh, no, Keith, which one was the Revenge of the Nerds one? It wasn't him. It was Keith. the it was the one that's Martha Plimpton's daughter, the one from uh, Dexter. He played Peter? the FBI agent. Peter? No. Is there a Peter Carradine? Am I just making up people? Peter Deloise? <laughs> Dom Deloise? <laughs> Dom and Dahmer? <laughs> <laughs> the greatest cooking show idea of all time, Dom and Dahmer. It's Dom DeLuise and Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, he catches them. Yeah. Dom DeLuise cooks. Compares them. I, I got it. <laughs> uh, I'm stealing that, by the way, too. That's from uh, Hedges. I got to give him a shout out. Shit. So, 1979's Alien. Loved Alien. Oh, I my mean, God. I, I love all the Alien franchise, like every single one of them. And we could have. Are... And it's great that he went back and did Prometheus, which we'll leave off the list this time because we did a whole Alien pod, which is filled with it. But Was I on that one? No, I think that was me and Justin. Because that's one of the ones I kind of. Could have done like yeah. both of us could have done well on that. Maybe the Alien versus Predator ones we did have some on that. I know some the, of the first later. one, but Alien that was Covenant. Have you no? That it was oh, dec- who? What was the one? It was Prometheus. The one they had those drones that were mapping out the tunnel. Yeah, that was super. No, cool. Prometheus was awesome. I, I loved Prometheus. Prometheus. I liked it a lot more than I did the. Um, That's the one she uh, had the, to get to the surgery machine the too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Naomi repaid. You left that one off. It was the list? really good. Off this one, but... Uh, I'm going to squeak my chair more. You're squeaking it in there. Yeah, here, hold on. Let's pause this real quick. And like movie magic. Squeak, squeak, the, squeaker. The squeak is gone. Squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> See, now you're going real random. If you're going to quote Emperor's New Groove... That was the greatest character ever. Oh, my God. He had his own movie after that. Did he? He yeah, should have. Kronk's New Groove oh my God. or something like that. That was awesome. It was one of my favorite Disney movies. I'm going to go out and watch it. <laughs> Uh, I have time for one movie a month, and that's the one I'm picking. That's the one you're picking? <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, we got that wild card coming up. Pick it if you want. That's cool. I'm not sure we've ever talked about it. I'm awesome. sure I can find it to watch it. <laughs> oh, I got it. <laughs> I got two copies in case something goes wrong with the first one. <laughs> All right. So it's very possible that we saw Aliens before Alien. Very yeah, possible. I think but so. we saw Terror in the Isles very young, and Terror in the Isles had a lot of Alien clips in it. So there was a lot of Alien that I think I'm we probably they saw. let us watch. Very surprised they had us watch. There were there were several movies that they let us. Uh, our parents, there was nudity in Terror in the Isles too, wasn't there? There was that whole section of sex yeah. in the in it. So 
what was surprising about it is I think they they probably regretted showing us certain movies because we would throw it back at them. Like, why are you not letting me watch Rambo 2? I've watched First Blood. You let me watch First Blood, which is rated R. Why don't you watch the other one? Oh, because you're not going to. I mean, it was That's so crazy. It was ridiculous. I mean, we could do anything. I get anyways. it. You wanted to be a good parent. You wanted to not kind of expose we your kids, kids. To, to certain things. Yeah, when we were smart kids, too. You know what? The, here's the weird thing. I didn't start swearing until after high school. I did during high school, but not in junior high and everything because we were going to the Christian school. I never swore yeah. growing up. Yeah, there were Isn't enough. Weird? There was enough like, slang that I didn't give a shit. But there's also all my friends would swear. Yeah, I don't think I remember the first time we, we were over your friend Steve's house, and Steve went yeah. to the Christian school, and this but was he had during, also gone through a rough life. With, yeah, yeah. Before that, so he was kind of more. Well, my only exposure to him was at the Christian school, and then when I slept over his house one night yeah. because I was friends with his, his younger brother, Ken, and like every other word was fuck out of his mouth, it like blew my mind. I was like, oh, I see how things are going. You just yeah, act completely different. Act and he was a dick, too. He was a dick to his brothers, and he was, he was like, he was one of those, I'll grab your arm He was and a good twisted. friend to me. No, he was, a, he was one of those guys at school that he was likable by everybody. But then when you got home, you realized, oh, he's kind of a bully to his brothers. <laughs> Isn't that the job of a I guess, brother? but he was he, he was just kind of shitty about it. Yeah. It was not it wasn't, it wasn't like a good fun form. ribbing type of deal that like we were doing, but there was a lot of uh, like R-rated movies that we had watched over there. I remember the first I don't remember the first time I watched Alien, but I remember the first time we watched Aliens with mm-hmm. Dad. We were in the living room and he let us we stayed until like midnight and everything. And that had bad swearing and everything in it, but he didn't care. It was good. We all He was probably it. so into it, he didn't even think yeah. about it. It was long, too. It was like back then, even before the director's cut, I think it was like two and a half hours. But that's on our James Cameron pod. That was a cool one. I mean, this one... <laughs> this one's a balls-out horror movie, you know? And that's the difference yeah. between this one and Aliens. Aliens was a, a action-packed adrenaline ride, yeah. where this one was... And this one was had some scary, scary moments in it, so... Number... Th- what's... Uh, so number three... What's the one's a prison? Three. Three. Yeah. That's almost my favorite. Venture. First I love Fincher, movie. but yeah. the steady cam stuff through the tunnels oh, yeah. was the, so great. The special effects don't hold up quite as good in that one, and that's my only really? problem with that's that one. That's weird that they would drop the ball. Because the, the well, in these they in use aliens, pra- they use practical effects in this. They, like, yeah, I mean, makes, obviously the space stuff they didn't like that better. But they had a guy in a suit. I mean. That's what was great about it. And they kept them, they, they did the Jaws element, you know? The less yep. you showed, the mm-hmm. better. The my, Still one of my favorite things with it, I loved Tom Skerritt uh, in almost everything, but I loved him in this as Dallas. And uh, obviously Ian Holm as, well, the, I, as the robot, I love Sigourney Weaver. when it's in space and you have a robot and you don't quite know whether they're yeah. going to fuck up or not. But Yafat Koto and Harry Dean Stanton and well, Nancy Cartwright, and you just had like some of the best actors of all time that were in this flick. But the scene where they, they knew the alien, the alien had already come out of uh, John Hurt's chest. Uh, William Hurt was the body heat guy. I just didn't realize it until I just <laughs> said John Hurt's name. Uh, John Hurt's the one who had the alien come through his chest. And obviously that was the most shocking thing. But when you realize the speed that it grew and that it it so reminds me, and I for a brief second I think about it when I see like a roach in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to kill this fucker now because I don't want to have to hunt him down later and pull refrigerators out and shit like that. And that's how it was when you when you watch that alien come out of his chest. I have that element. You were like, stomp that fucker now because you're going to have to chase that thing around the whole fucking ship now. Plus, he, he uh, you can't save your boy. I mean, 
Who's this? The one that, whose chest it came oh, out Oh, yeah, of. yeah. He's gone. Sorry. He's already gone. <laughs> he may still be screaming, but he's not there anymore. But, and we've said this before, and I think you've said this before, that redheaded is girls. Oh, Nancy actress, Cartwright. Yeah. Her. Yeah, Nancy Cartwright. Her reaction yeah. to that. Oh, yeah. It was, was one real. of the greatest. Oh, God. Yeah, but the way <laughs> she said it with like almost phlegm in her mouth and stuff, oh, yeah. it was like, made it 10 times more disturbing. There's a great picture going around of they they took pictures of audiences when that scene happened really? just to get their reactions, huh. and it's a really great picture of it uh, where you could see a lot of the different nowadays you wouldn't get the it's same really reaction. fun. But one of my favorite scenes is when Tom Skerritt had to put on that like he had to have that detector which beeped which yep. made it so yeah, much yeah. better for the audience, <clears throat> and he had to go down through the tunnels and they were sealing the doors behind him, and then at one it's the point where he got freaked out. When did Jazz come out? 75. So this was four a little years. bit from this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the, the beep thing is almost <clears throat> like the beacons on the... The great thing about when they attach the beacons to Jaws. Yeah. Then they only had to show the beacons. Well, that was brilliant. That was a special effects trick for sure because they were like, man, we can't get this fucker to work at all. We need something yeah. to like not have to show him at all yep. times. And that was good with this, like the beeping. Or even they even carried that through with aliens. Like, uh, it's reading inside the room. Well, you're reading it wrong. I mean, that's that whole great thing. But the... The Which moment that like I love is when... What's that? Do you like one or two better? Two. I think so, too. It's, it's, I like the ensemble It's difficult better. because uh, they're, they're totally different things. Like this one, I love James Horner is the guy who scored number two. Jerry Goldsmith did this. Jerry Goldsmith was a Ridley Scott guy for a while. Ridley Scott's branched out to other uh, composers, but uh, he did... Jerry Goldsmith did Alien. Jerry Goldsmith did Legend. I'm not sure if he did Blade Runner. The... Um, the arc over the several movies that Sigourney Weaver's character goes mm. through is great. One of the greatest oh, yeah. carryovers because the first one she's kind of oblivious. Second one she's scared because she has, doesn't want to go back. She's still smart as fuck in she's that smart. first one. Like that quarantine scene where when she's not letting you in. It yeah. was really a great scene because you didn't see that strong of a female role in many movies. Not many. In, until this, until Alien, she broke a lot of barriers down for that. I love that scene where she's like, no, this is why we have protocol. You are not coming in until Ian Holm fucked everything up and, yeah. and opened it up and let him in and undermined her. But I loved her like just standing toe-to-toe against Yafat Kodo. You guys are going to get what you got coming to you. Don't you worry about it. And uh, just her being a badass at the end. I mean, they sexualized her a little at the end with her being in her underwear where she had to uh, do the whole thing. But I'm wondering who else could have been up for the role. Because once they got her, I mean, she's she's huge, too. She's like 6'1", mm-hmm. and she's just a badass. She was nominated for the second one, Best Actress for Aliens. Uh she was just too much of an unknown, I think, before before Alien to come out. But what's your favorite scene from Alien? I like. I mean, it's hard to tell. I, you want to say the kitchen table when he yeah. the thing pops out of his chest because that was the most compelling. I just like them I like the, him down. I like the one with uh, was it Harry Dean Stanton where he's going after going the cat? looking for the cat. Yeah, and, the, and it was just dripping with water, and it, it was just the perfect. Looking at it from a filmmaker's perspective, yeah. if you walk on that set, you're like, oh, this can't be anything it's, but awesome. It's crazy when you think of like the opening. The opening is that long tracking shots with everything turning on and yeah. them coming out mm-hmm. of hypersleep. But <clears throat> we had we had a couple examples of space movies at this time. This is a great space movie. Yeah. Is, you know, you get to number four. Well, number three is a prison. They, they talked about space very little. Yeah. 
production designed. I mean, you know what? not seeing them race through space, but we know they're up there and they're, we see it outside. And I mean, we're in space right now. The airlock, I can tell you it, that. It's true. It's true. Uh, and we're just doing a podcast from <laughs> space. <laughs> Pigs in space. <laughs> but r- remember, we, we've got like Star Wars and 2001, which are drastically different uh, yeah. up till now. I mean, Star Wars was completely fun, and but... It was also Star Galactic is probably popular on TV too at this time. Was popular on TV. I mean, what Silent Running was another one that was spaced before 1979. Logan's Run, Logan's Run was not really space, but it was futuristic. Uh, Best costume design, in my opinion. But the for the, the, the the women in <laughs> yeah for Logan's the women Run. they don't believe in bras in Logan's Run. <laughs> Best costume, and I have no problem with that. <laughs> uh, but with like Alien, you could tell that it was like it was dirty, it was grungy. They're yeah. going with like the blue collared kind yeah, of. This is a salvage like, ship, or a yeah, they were like miners ship or something or miners. Like that. It was very yeah. That was what was great about it when they were like they were arguing about half shares. Remember, the, well, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, I remember they were like. He was trying to explain to everybody, we have a beacon signal. We have to go look at it. You yeah. have, we're responsible under, yeah. and we get extra money. And uh, they kept the Stanton and the other dude. Were, you could yeah, tell they were the, actually, they were the grime. Well, grime, that's what, that was the scene where, workers that there. was the scene of Sigourney arguing with him. And uh, she said, don't worry, you're going to get what you got coming to you. Uh, the company will take care of you. We've learned through these series of movies that company the uh, company's pretty uh, shitty. Yeah, pretty shitty. Especially uh, who's the guy from Perfect Strangers? Is it Perfect Strangers? Oh no, uh, Mad about you. Mad about you. Yeah, Paul Reiser. He was awesome. He was a, a do boy, but he was awesome. Well, Guy Pierce in Prometheus was great too. Remember, he had he had froze himself to come back to figure out like the uh, to find those uh, creators. Yeah, you know he he played. What Charlie's Theron's father in there, and he was old as hell. You wouldn't even recognize that it was Guy Pearce unless you watched the credits. So, yeah, Alien was big, and it it pushed sci-fi and horror movies like forward big time in 1979. Because once the 80s hit, I mean, horror just took off. I mean, if you look at the 70s horror movies and 80s horror movies, completely different. 70s animals. mostly slasher movies. A lot of slasher movies. No, 80s was slasher, not 70s. Seventies was more ghost stories, no. and yeah, we'll name a slash movie that came out in the seventies. Hills Have Eyes. Hills Have Eyes was, I think, I eighty. Mean, I, it might no, have been seventy. Might have been seventy nine. Friday Thirteenth, first one was seventy nine. That was eighty. No, you sure? First Friday Thirteenth, nineteen eighty. You sure about them? I'm, I'm sure about Friday Thirteenth. You positive about that? About uh, Friday Thirteenth? Yeah. yeah, not about okay. uh, Hills Have Eyes. That might have been before it. Yeah, the, most of the slasher movies, Jason, Freddy, all that. That was all eighties, but. In the 70s, you think 70s, you pulled up 70s, it would be Rosemary's Baby, uh, The Amity, Exorcist, Amityville Horror, Amityville Horror uh, Don't Look Now, Carrie. The Prophecy, Carrie. Carrie. Yeah, all, all those what about old Halloween, movies. the first Halloween? When was first that? Halloween, that might have been 78, so it was at the very tail end of it. So yeah, the tail end of it definitely... It would, that always happens, though. Whatever is the next decade is going to yeah. be, you're always going to see it two years before that decade changes. The like, great thing you, with... What would you call the last decade's movies? These last ones? This last one from 10 to well, 2020. It's the, the popular thing is like the Annabelle, the creepy dolls, or the creepy kids, or it's still possession is still yeah. a big thing with like the conjuring. Not to get too far off track, but did you see the reviews of Candyman? Uh, the no. Peel? I know it just came out two days ago. And they said hey, it's he's good. Getting rave reviews, man. He's Did, like, no, this is. A, he's like, this is the reason no one does horror better than Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele is one of them. I mean, I love his other two movies, so I'll definitely see it. And I was a huge Candyman. I remember yeah. seeing it in the theater. They were doing a really great. Didn't they film the first one on Ocala? 
Or is that something else? I think that's something else. Uh, it was Devil's the one with the moth. No, the moth came out of his mouth. The moth. Oh, that was. The, uh, well, the moth is sounds the lambs. The bees no. were Candyman. I mean, yeah, I don't think Candyman. Candyman was like L.A. or is like. There's California. a famous horror movie filmed in Ocala. Huh. I mean, for sure, there's probably several, but they had a great promotional thing for the new Candyman movie. That if you went to there, I don't know if they're still doing it, but if you went to the Candyman website. And uh, you had to say it in your microphone on your phone or your computer. You had to say Candyman five times out loud. And if you did it, they'd play the trailer for you. You know what? It's just brilliant, man. Shouldn't say. You just, just don't do it. <laughs> I don't know anything about the new Candyman. I don't think I've even seen a trailer. For did you the ever see one. the, was it the South Park one when they did it with Biggie Smalls? Oh, yeah. Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls. <laughs> Biggie Smalls just keeps showing butter, up. He was, trying to get, comes. he was just trying to get to Satan's Las Vegas party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the butters kept calling him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was great. Uh, Alien had one of the best taglines, too. You know, in space, oh, yeah. no one can hear you scream. And they had that. It's kind of true, though. It's, it's great. You know, and I always recognize that as a filmmaker, as a film fan, that why there's not more sci-fi horror and Western horror should be two major genres because you cannot go anywhere. You can't get away a lot of times. You know? Uh, you could do a Western horror in a mining camp. With just almost like yeah. the type of creature. You, or, or even like The problem a, is, is you couldn't do... I always wanted to see a, a good Native American yeah. struggle movie. But that it would be too gruesome for the screen almost if yeah. you did it originally. The, the idea that you can't run anywhere or you can't get away or you have very Well, like little. that scene from The Revenant in the beginning. Yeah. I believe that that's probably done about as perfect as you could do it as a raid on an encampment. Yeah. the Have you seen The Witch? The Witch was really good. It's the girl from Queen's Gambit was in The Witch, uh, Anna Taylor-Joy, and The Witch was awesome, man. Yeah, there's a movie on this list that was filmed in O'California. Oh, really? Yeah. Which one? What number we got? Number three, if you can believe it. Oh, interesting. Well, the only parts of it, because most of it was filmed in Pinewood. Probably. It was a famous but, Pinewood story for that. But Number number one was that movie. Number two in film, this is down the road from us. Like 20 minutes from us. Yeah. They give more incentives than Gainesville does to their movie stuff, so they get more of the movies. That's where it does. Uh, Jeepers Creepers was one I was thinking about. Oh, Jeepers Creepers, yeah. I do uh, remember that. Um, Never Say Never Again was parts of that were filmed in interesting. Springs. Interesting. In the Springs. Oh, yeah. See, with the Springs, that's where you Moonraker, get Moonraker, the same thing. Moonraker had. Yeah. Creature from Black uh, Lagoon. Rebel obviously. Without a Cause. <laughs> Thunderball, the third movie from Yeah, Bond. any water movies, they always. The water here the is screen. great. Like Creature Black Lagoon, that's you can where it was see filmed. sixty. Uh, you can see sixty feet down in Silver Springs. In yeah. Silver Springs, where else in ever anywhere? No, maybe the Bahamas, but can you even get to sixty feet of water in the Bahamas? Yeah, I it's mean, a good control out there. Good controlled environment. So Creature from the Black Lagoon, um, follow that dream. I don't know that movie. Uh, Smoky and the Bandit Part Three. Oh, Part Three. Oh boy, Lonely Hearts, <laughs> Sea Hunt. The Yearling, Cross Creek, Nightmare Weekend. Yeah, they, are the, these in uh, the Celestine prophecies? These are in chronological. No, best. They they rated them. The oh, best they were rated them. Yeah. I was like, they're getting shittier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, this is why. Like, now let's see. What's what's, what's the last? What's one? the last one? <laughs> they have just cause. So many. They got eighty-two movies. Oh wow, that's crazy. All right, all right. We're slow time up here. So. Once Ridley did Alien, they were like, well, we can throw you some money now <laughs> because you clearly have chops that you can be able to do this. And one of my, like I said earlier, it's on my top five movies of all time. Top five I, movies. I love it. You don't it. get to talk too much about 
no, top fives. Uh, none, yeah, not after our first couple, you know, unless we pick them for a uh, thing. But 1982's Blade Runner is damn near as perfect as a movie can get for me. And the, it's interesting, too, because there's so many cuts of it that it's almost confusing to people how many, what version you're watching, which cut you're watching. Usually, for the most part, you kind of stick with the one you grew up with. But it doesn't really pan out with me on that way because I grew up with the narration with with Harrison Ford doing the narration but then later on when they <coughs> the soundtrack for first of all the original print was really crappy right no I or don't think so was it the second one I don't think so they they is this the one where they did away with the soundtrack and that's the it? third movie on the list here okay. weird enough okay okay <laughs> I, I knew it was a Ridley Scott movie yeah yeah it's but it's uh, Blade Runner they just were confused about the ending and they were confused about the uh, the voiceover those were the two things that the voiceover was great I don't mind it I like it a lot better without it though. I'm sure it's when, fine when without you, it when you watch it without it it's so much better but then again I had it for so many years and I knew what his his inflections were yeah. and what he was thinking. So maybe yep. I needed both of them before I could enjoy that second one. But the second one made it more like let the audience figure this out. That's what the problem with voiceover. Yeah. It's a, it's a spoon feeding of your audience. Don't you dare use voiceover. Don't you dare do it. I don't care what you do. I ain't even fucking Merlot <laughs> drinking Merlot. Uh, two different movies here, <laughs> but Obviously, we were all Harrison Ford fans. The who? Uh, yeah, the production design for Blade Runner was insane. Like at the time period, this was 1982. I mean, this was when they were doing heavy hitting actors. This was the same year as ET, where they were doing uh, still doing an animatronic puppet uh, alien. Yeah. And then in Blade Runner, they have the the hovercraft like stuff that was in the Fifth Element, which yeah. should have been around when the Fifth Element was yeah. here. They did a great job, an amazing job, and I love the whole. It was like a cluttered, cluttered kind of a lot of took place in like Chinatown. I love that element. But it was about like it. raining James most of the time. Just the whole idea. So if you're not familiar with the, the Blade Runner kind of thing, replicants are like. Wh- it's futuristic, but it's like a dystopian yeah, future. We're not too far away from probably what Blade Runner we is. We don't have hover cars yet. And no, I meant just with the replicants. Oh, you know, yeah, we're probably not too it far. It starts with the sex robots, and then it gets to us. Tra- it always starts we, with the sex robots. Always first. starts with the sex robots, man. God damn it. That should be the name of this <laughs> title of this episode. <laughs> I still jerk off manually. <laughs> <laughs> what line was that from? That was from a movie, too. I still jank off manually. Yeah. <laughs> I can't It'll come to me. Yeah. But... Uh, I, I love the idea that they really thought this through. Did, did, did uh... No. Nah. It almost came to me. <laughs> almost came to me. It's weird science. Gone. It wasn't weird science? It wasn't uh, bro- the older brother? No, I don't think so. No, it was... I want to think it was like James Bellucci or someone like that who had said it. You might have to Google it. I bet it'll come up immediately. Like I do the Google it while I tell some talk about right, some replicants. So the great thing about th- so they were originally created to work in the mining facilities and to be almost like service robots and everything. But they had put in these fail safes that the replicants were only going to be able to live five years. And be, there was different levels of replicants and everything. But the problem with them is they they decided even before the movie started that even before the movie Jackie st- Treehorn. It's a, yeah, yeah, Big it's Big Lebowski. Lebowski. It's Big Lebowski. That's awesome. <laughs> I would have uh, t- given a while. me a thousand guesses. Yeah, it would have taken me a while to get there. But uh, 
so not only did they do away with the replicants, they had problems where a lot of them escaped, and now they were running around among us, and they had to actually create a fraction of the police force called uh, Blade Runners that would actually search down, and they'd have to do the touring test. That was the difficult thing, was... Not only finding a replicant, but identifying a replicant. Like they were so good, you couldn't just like. Yeah, you had to put them through a series of tests to be able to make sure that they they lack empathy or they lack certain skills that weren't put into the replicants. So I love that Brian James scene at the very beginning. It's like a tortoise. It's like a turtle. When he's giving him the touring test, and then he just stands up and shoots them, Mm -hmm. and then through the whole movie, I I always love the concept of you don't know if this guy's the bad guy or the good guy or something. Started with the the thing, really. No, even before that but body snatchers yeah body snatchers was like that too you just didn't know who was who and it was kind of a frightening thing and we were obviously harrison ford's that type of actor that you're gonna fall through through the whole movie and everything and he was he's perfect commands the screen you want to see what he's doing in the it was great in the sequel too and i should mention i love the sequel he's a great actor i there's very little i don't like him in yeah like i would be strained i would have really had to have hate the movie i can't even put Part four of, uh, of Indiana. Indiana Jones. He wasn't the problem there. with that. He wasn't though. the problem no, with that movie. He wasn't the problem. Hey, he with did it. everything they asked him to do, yeah. and he did the same. Him and Tom Hanks. We and me and my wife just watched an hour long special. It's called on TV. They're doing it now called Superstars, and it's a series. And it just did John Ritter, and John Ritter was that guy too. You know that everyone liked. No one's like, ah, I can't stand John Ritter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't hear that out of people's lips much. Yeah. But that's what Harrison Ford was. Or Sean Young. You don't hear him. <laughs> yeah, Sean Young. Uh, <laughs> Who, by the way. I loved in this movie. She was great in this movie. Edward James almost was great, great in this great movie. In this movie. Uh, Everybody. Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. Uh, William Sa- uh, uh, Sanderson. The Iceman. Uh, that's Brian James. And uh, our big guy, uh, Rutger Howard. Man, Rutger Howard was so good in this movie. Talk he, what about was he in before this? Nighthawks. Nighthawks. He had already been in. And that was like and, late 70s. Yeah. And we had, we were really familiar with that, not just from Terry and the Owls, but Aunt Cheryl loved it. So we Did watched it. I watched it over Eric's house a lot. <laughs> So I already knew him as Wolf. I don't even remember listening to Bill Cosby comedy albums over at there. Cheryl's house. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of stuff that I hung out there a lot. So there was a lot of great movies and stuff I remember from there, watching there for the first time. But him hunting him down and the idea that you can't really blame these replicants. To, they're trying to search out their creator so they can figure out how they can um, extend their life. Yeah, it's a really sad I, I get tale. It. it is. And... It's it sucks that you're you're watching these Blade Runners. I almost felt that same way in the sequel when Gosling like found Bautista. I say he's there. He's out he's on his own. He's some... farming. He's eating his soup. He's doing his thing. He's not hurting anybody. And he's not hurting anybody. Well, you built him. Yeah. It's like you're the it's, one that created him. Yeah. Why can't he live? So the, I felt empathy for him. They made sure that you knew what length they would go to to get them when they when Harrison yeah. Ford does that first chase. With that one. Oh, with, with Joanna Cassidy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, She was awesome in this movie, too. I love her. And she played the snake lady. And I love when Rod Crower confronted James Hong. And James Hong immediately knew when she saw when he saw him. He says, I made your eyes. You're Nexus 3, aren't you? He says, I created your eyes. And he just wants to see who's the next tier that go up. Yeah, yeah. And he wants to go uh, the main guy in charge. He wasn't very scared of Rod Crower. He should have been. No, he should have been. It was crazy. He should have, like... Man. Well, he didn't know he was a replicant really until he stuck his hand in that uh, that freezing yeah, kind yeah. of like liquid nitrogen type shit too. Such a great, great movie, man. And then like the Daryl Hannah kind of uh, 
befriending William Sanderson at Bob. the house. Uh, is that Bob from Batman? Uh, no, that's uh, that's Tracy Walters. And this is the guy from uh, Deadwood, the guy who ran the hotel, oh, yeah, yeah, the mayor yeah, yeah. <laughs> who ran the, the hotel. Mayor. I'm the mayor. Uh, the, uh, my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl, yeah, oh. the Newhart guy. He, I heard him doing his character for some reason on the radio. Yeah, he's they, funny, man. They he's did like a, a whole actor. scene of him coming to the hotel. Yeah, he's in a lot of more stuff than people realize. He was really big. I mean, obviously my favorite thing he was in was Blade Runner, but he was just as good in Deadwood. Uh, so I love that stuff with the weird puppets that he created that were walking around his house. Remember the soldier oh, puppets yeah, yeah, that he yeah. had? They were they like were little. They were weird. used as little people, I think. Yeah, but they. Yeah. They, he was good at building those things. Yeah, so they had to go through him to get to the higher guy to find out. And I felt I love bad when, for him, too. When he Rutger just, finally caught that guy dude. and he poked his eyes out with his thumbs and yeah. everything. Really, the big difference, other than the voiceover, was that ending. And if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, but there's so many different endings to this movie. There's like three different versions of this sure. movie. Uh, there's the, the original, then there's the director's cut, and then there's the final cut. And I've determined, watching them all, uh, that the final cut's is probably the best. It doesn't have the voiceover. It has a great music that goes through the whole thing. And then it has the ending, which kind of leaves it up in the air because there was always the question, was Harrison Ford a replicant? Was he not a replicant? Because he had uh, certain memories that weren't completely yeah. clear. And then General uh, Edward I mean, they kind of played on that in the new one with the... Yeah. With the... What's his this name? This is... T- what's it, Blade name? Runner's... Uh, well, I'm... Uh, no, uh, I just said his name. What the hell is his name? Yeah, Gosling. Gosling. Yeah. The, like I said, this one's top five. That that sequel's top hundred of my list for sure. I loved it. You I know, it was great. You, you're going through to those movies that are like rehashing movies from your child, especially one on your top five list. You're like, just uh, don't fuck this up. That's why I was so excited because, they like, I said, Harrison Ford in as a well older man. Yeah, but everybody they got for that, Jared Leto, because half the time Jared Leto sucks in movies, and half of me he's, he's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and deserves he's a fifty award. fifty. But but when the fifty is good, it's good. It's good. Yeah, and that's what the Gucci. He looks like he's that's the good. Uh, Jared Leto that we got, I think, in the Gucci movie that comes out. But I was super surprised when I when I loved it as much as I did. That's what I was the same way with because I'm a huge Karate Kid fan. When the Cobra Kai came out, the series, I was so excited because they did an awesome job with it. Yeah, don't try to redo it. They Pick made Johnny this. the hero, <laughs> and they made you hate Daniel in the Cobra Kai series. I was like, you never in a million years would think they would be able to do that. But it's like. The less Daniel, please. I want all Johnny in Cobra Kai. It's so good. And they just uh, renewed it for a season five. Really? And season four hasn't even come out yet. They're about to drop it, I think, in another two months or something. Well. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, it's both for kids and adults. And bringing Kreese back was super smart. He's such a great character in that. So I, I love that you can touch these properties if they're done, like, well. You know? Like, I still, like, my other top five favorite movies, you know, they'll never probably redo Jaws. But I know they're going to touch Big Trouble of China at some point. I know the rights are owned the by The Rock. Yeah. And I have no doubt that they'll that they'll f- try to fuck up Escape from New York at some point. They tried to do it with Escape from L.A., and that was horrible. Well, that was John Carpenter who touched it, too. Uh, so, yeah. But they'll touch him eventually. He needed the money. All right, let's go to this next one. This next one was a big one for us because I played on HBO constantly. Yeah. And it was just the the element of darkness and it was so kind of horrifying and freaky looking. Uh, and that's 1985's Legend. Mm-hmm. And this is the other one that had another movie that came out at the same time, The Dark Crystal. 
was against this. There one, was wasn't a lot it? of fantasy movies that came out in 1985. That was a big year for him. Like I, e. I was might 84 be or 83. 82 was ET, e. but this was close to like Never Ending Story, yep. The Dark Crystal, and uh, Labyrinth. Time Bandits. Time Bandits was probably a little bit earlier, maybe 83. But Stitch Legend Kevin. This was and this was completely. There's a lot of big stories about this movie. One of them we who had mentioned before that they. It was originally scored by Tangerine Dream, which I love Tangerine Dream. I, I love them in certain to movies. To live and die in L.A. Yeah, perfect. Tangerine Dream, and uh, what was there was another Michael Mann movie uh, that Tangerine Dream did that I really enjoyed. I can't think of it right now. That uh, Most of Tangerine Dream's scores I like, and I never had a They were very huge... pop synths, so if you're not into the pop synth yeah. stuff. I mean, they can do string stuff, but they're mostly like pop synth Yeah, stuff. I like them. I mean, that's uh, how I was really looking to a lot of our movies when we scored a more Tangerine Dream styles. And I never had a problem with a score for Legend until I heard Jerry Goldsmith's original score added back into it, and I was like, holy crap, because that Tangerine Dream score gave it a... Different a, feel. A different completely. feel completely. It was more of a like uh, happy fantasy kind of uh, uh, fable-type sound to it, and that... Jerry Goldsmith's score might have been one of his best scores, and it was dark. Can you I mean, imagine having evil. your best score pulled from the movie? Oh, I'm sure he was pissed. There's a great documentary. I, I can't even imagine that spending, because I spent, on the last movie we did, it's going to sound crazy, but almost 800 hours. Yeah. Yeah. On writing that score. Yeah, it's crazy. And another 500 doing the sound editing. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy what goes into it. And, I mean, he got paid big money, so ultimately... I, I got paid like, big money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ultimately, I, was, I don't know. I'm still waiting for that to <laughs> paycheck to clear. But the other big thing with this was it was filmed... Compl- uh, most of it was filmed in Pinewood Studios. And Pinewood Studios was so big that it had its own environment in there. I bet it, you some of that forest stuff was Ocala. They just added flowers and stuff. No, there. I think all the forest stuff was... Pinewood. It was Pinewood. I, was Pinewood. So I don't know what was done in Ocala. Mm. It must have been done there for something. Maybe they had to do something under the water with the Robert Picardo stuff. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah that, I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the that Pinewood stuff was was famous because not only did it have its own environment, there were birds in there. that It would rain in there. It, it was crazy. It was so big. It was a James Bond studio. Mm-hmm. But they went to lunch during Legend at one point, oh, and it caught on fire. This and, is the famous... And it burned down. Yeah. Well, it burned half down, but it was like completely ruined, so they had to tear it down and then rebuild it. Now they have a new Pinewood Studios that's been rebuilt for years, but this was this was major when this sucker burned down. They just went to lunch and came back, and I don't know what... Like, sprinkler system. ...thing went wrong. Yeah, yeah. Look, it rains in here. We don't need a sprinkler system. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. It was crazy. Awesome documentary. If you have the Blu-ray for Legend, check it out, man. It's you really know. amazing. Ah, it's so good. The uh, I'm sure you get the DVD for it though. That's probably yeah. one of the ones I got for you. If I had the DVD player, no, <laughs> you do. It's PlayStation. That's uh, true. That PlayStation Two will play them for right. you. But Tim Curry, man, this was just a slew of his weird characters. I mean, he had already done uh, uh, Frankfurter for Rocky Horror Picture Show, so he's already had done some weird stuff. But coming in as darkness, and they talk about his makeup, how heavy oh, that shit yeah, was on him. It might be one of the most evil-looking characters in film of all his time. His voice and the contortion he can do oh. with his lips and stuff, it just makes him perfect for something like like. I probably didn't even know it was him for the first... Oh, yeah, for years. Ten times years. I saw it. Yeah, and then obviously and it's Pennywise. Funny, the, uh, the girl, what was her name? Mia, Mia Sarah. Sarah. 
we knew from Ferris Bueller, who was awesome in Ferris yep. Bueller, and uh, she was young in this too. When she, they had her dress up in darkness, yeah, she looked like uh, Winona Ryder's character from Beetlejuice. Yeah, stole, stole she that did. look. Yeah, she her. did look like that. That's one of the major scenes that I really appreciated the Jerry Goldsmith score. Like, it was completely different than the Tangerine Dreams. Didn't you have, they had a big dance. Yeah, well, she was dancing together. with herself, and then she was dancing with that cloaked figure yeah. that you only saw, like, the face, and then because they this held off showing darkness dark for a movie. while. Those, the, yeah. We haven't even talked about Tom Cruise's side when all those, the fairy and the, the, fairy and the creatures. The creatures all show up to help. Yep, and then obviously the Robert Ricardo creature in the in the swamp that came out. Robert Ricardo, a lot of people know, is he was the the main werewolf in the Howling, and he was the cowboy in Inner Space, mm-hmm. and he went on to do Star Trek. He was one of the, uh, the he, officers. He right. was no, he was the hologram that controlled like the holodeck or something oh, in like okay. the Next Generation. That's the one to be the hologram. Yeah, you don't have to <laughs> show up. You can just sit in the studio by yourself. Yeah, Robert Ricardo's awesome, but he played the female like goblin that was yeah. under the he swamp. He was in so much makeup, it was ridiculous. Uh, and it was great. The, the, him talking about that scene was great because he was underwater and had to pop up out of water with like a hundred pounds worth of like mm-hmm. prosthetics on and everything and then act to it. And it was it was phenomenal. I it's but like you said, there were some of these movies in the eighties where they made to a point where it was like you were really uh you were really kind of threading the needle. Are we going to scare these kids or are we going to uh, amaze these kids? It's probably why this was a brought, scary it's probably movie. why they brought Tangerine Dream in. Yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe it lightened it up a little yeah. bit. Because I, there were scenes in like Never Ending Story that like, were we want kids to watch this movie. And Jerry Goldsmith, you made this way too depressing. It's yeah. like, this I is mean, too dark to show children. It was PG, 85. This was right on the, this was the year PG-13 started. And uh, this was still PG at this point, but there was some dark, dark, evil stuff. I mean, once the only part of the movie that was light was the first like 20 minutes, because if you don't know, she's everything in the woods and this is like a fantasy thing. But, but like I said, if someone takes you to a secret place like an Indian burial yeah, ground I'm gonna or a show unicorn you or whatever. It was a beautiful thought, Just you know, look that, over it. That Tom Say Cruise this is going to take her. And then go home. Yeah, Tom Cruise really wanted to share something special with her, and then she just took it to the next level. And uh, What a brat. Yeah, she touched that damn unicorn, and then darkness took over the world, and then... And one of them died. Yeah, ripped the horn off, and the horn uh, gets back to Tim Curry and everything. But if and, he gets the power... But at that point, the movie became dark, and it was dark throughout the rest yeah. of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was exciting as, as shit. I loved it with him traveling to the uh, the castle to rescue her. It was a classic kind of really great fantasy movie. One of the best fantasy movies ever made, in my opinion. But, yeah, it was dark. It was like like I said, like there were parts of Never Ending Story that was were like as dark as, as the shit. next one? Uh, yeah, I think it this was. This one was black. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I guess you can. <laughs> so we'll jump forward to the next one. 1989. And this is the great. This is one of Eric's favorite movies. It's one of your favorite movies, right? Uh, it's not one of my favorites. Not it doesn't break my top one hundred, but it would it would break my top two fifty probably. Which is, is I, I've got officially. I have officially. Yeah, I own this. No, I officially have twenty five hundred movies. Do you have a two hundred fifty list? Uh, no, I don't. You just you knew it would you would fit it in there somewhere. I would fit it in there somewhere. It's it's that good. But uh, you should make a two hundred fifty list. How long would that take you? Probably not <laughs> as long as by Christmas. Probably not as long as you think it would. But <laughs> I have a top fifty already. I could I could you definitely. Could, you I already, have it yeah, you'd only have to yeah. start at number fifty one. I have twenty five hundred movies now. So when you think of and it's like, funny, only ten percent. Yeah, only ten percent make that cut. So that's a It'd lot. Be hard to, when you get around two. 
thirty two hundred yeah. to start saying, "Well, I can't add this because then I can't add this." Yeah, or, and then you'd have I'd, to go back from. A lot of them would be the directors, you know, and that's what yeah. that speaks to like uh, Ridley Scott and Quentin because I would almost, like almost have to have like ninety percent of Quentin's movies would be on there. John Carpenter, ninety percent of Spielberg, ninety percent of Spielberg, yeah. Pollock, Cronenberg, Cronenberg. It's, uh, all these Fincher. directors are Fincher. Yeah, yeah, you could do this pretty easy because you could knock one hundred and seventy yeah. of them. Not just that from directors. Not that there's directors that their solo thing aren't great, which there would be a lot on there from those types of directors. But Del, yeah, who's the guy that does the gears? Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, yeah. Like gears. My stuff. wife knows him as the gear guy too. He's the guy. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. He's awesome. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna talk about 1989's Black Rain. Also, another actor that everyone loves. Super safe to put in it. I don't think he was slated for it until the like towards the end. They were like. He stepped in, I think, he, because he was a big producer. A lot of people forget about Who, Andy Garcia? Uh, yeah, Andy Garcia. <laughs> Michael Douglas. So yeah. Michael Douglas was a huge producer. Yeah. People forget, like, if you pull up the Oscars, he won uh, an Oscar for One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest. And people are like, he won an Oscar for One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest? He says, yeah, he was one of the major producers yeah. on there. And uh, you look at that stuff where he was on TV for a long time in the streets of San Francisco. But then when he went, probably around the time Romancing the Stone came out, it just, his star just, like, went way bright and then he anything he did he just made better well he could move back and forth between romance yep and, and he could play a prick adventure, and, and he, he could play, play a prick. prick i mean i like him better as kind of that likable guy but it's hard not to like him as like gordon gecko <laughs> he was great as gordon gecko. but he was perfect he was great in the as second a, wall street too yeah i liked him in that too but with black rain i i loved it i loved him and andy garcia's relationship and then i loved the relationship that um he that he eventually traffic, right? went he in. was in traffic Michael, uh, Douglas. Michael Douglas, yeah, 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 yeah. He's he was really great in that. So if you don't know what Black Rain's about, it's dealing with, and there's a lot of good movies. We could probably do a thing just on counterfeiting Ex- or counterfeiting. Yeah, because Live and Die in L.A. Yeah. Live and Die in L.A. and Black you were Rain. I thought go with like extradition, but no, no, no. Uh, Live and Die in L.A. and Black catch Rain are probably yeah. And catch me if you can. Those are like the catch me if you can's got to be up there. Yeah. It's got to be like three of the biggest counterfeiting movies. And this, I liked about this is I was a big fan of any Asian movies uh, that were coming out. That were coming out. Like Year of the Dragon, still one of my favorite movies of all time. That's in my top ten for sure. Now, are these American uh, movies made in Asia or are these? This one they did in Japan. There was a lot of this was in Japan. Was I think it, it started in New though? York. It must have been. They wouldn't have let him over there without uh, a certain amount of the, the Japanese crew over there. Kate Capshaw was in this. Andy Garcia and the the main Japanese guy. The only thing else I really remember him from was Mr. Baseball. He was he was the I think he was the coach for Tom Selleck. He was in Gung Ho. No, I don't think he was in Gung Ho. Uh, it's possible he was, but uh, I it's loved not him in Ken Black Rain. Tommy, no, no, no. He he came a lot later okay. on this. This guy was a lot. Of, uh, this guy's really old now. Uh, probably still alive, I would guess. But it, I love the relationship that Michael Douglas and Andy Garcia had. And Andy Garcia had already done uh, Untouchables. Yep. So we had known in 87 he did Untouchables. So this was like two years after that. And uh, we loved him in that. So we knew we would love him. And just a great relationship with them. And spoiler alert, there's one of the most famous. We saw famous... him before that, though. When did we see him before that? Andy Garcia? Damn, I would have to look up his filmography to know the first thing I saw him in. But certainly... I think the big thing he got famous for was was certainly Untouchables, because he wasn't a huge actor when that came out in '87. But then after that, he was doing all sorts of different stuff. So if you look early no, I, on, I mean, when did Godfather Three come out? That was oh, that was later. That was a lot later. That was even later than Black Rain. 
But I'll give you a spoiler alert because it's one of the best scenes of the movie in Black Rain, so I'd like to talk about the Andy Garcia scene. When he's going to get his jacket back from the motorcycle people? Yeah, yeah. So the Yakuza was a huge part of this. It was not only the counterfeiting, but it was also the Yakuza was a big kind of element in this movie. And they were like strangers in a strange land over there. You know, they were in Japan. They were used to being New York, hot New York cops and everything and getting their own way and figuring stuff. And they were both smart as shit, but they were just not very bright with procedural stuff and how things were done and not respecting how kind of vicious the Yakuza was. And he was trying to be taught this by that Japanese guy that was their liaison and he wasn't listening to him. So when they were surrounded by that motorcycle gang and there's a, uh, and you see the scene in the, uh, the trailer is kind of very revealing for this movie. Like you can completely tell. And like I said, spoiler, Andy Garcia gets killed in the, uh, in the movie, but in the trailer, it's clearly obvious that Andy Garcia dies. Uh, but the way he died was great. You know, he put, uh, the Yakuza had like these samurai swords and they were like putting him on the ground while they were running the yeah, motorcycles the to get him like super hot and then just spun around and like cut Andy Garcia's head clear off. As Michael Douglas watched. And they Remember, were going to send Michael Douglas home him. and Michael Douglas got off the plane and he's like, I'm going to do this together. But he, that second half of the movie was really interesting because he formed such a close bond with that Japanese guy that, and the Japanese guy completely respected him at the, towards the end of the movie where he didn't much at the beginning. Well, when they went out drinking and so when we were in MBA school, they were like, if you're going into corporate America, you're going to be working with people from the Pacific Ring, Asian, Asian countries, yeah. J- Japan, China. Makes He's sense. like, one thing they taught us about Japanese people is you, let's say you had a business deal to do. Mm-hmm. You go over there like three days early. And you go play golf together. Yeah, establish you go out the relationship. And you do karaoke, karaoke and you yeah. drink together and yeah. you get drunk and you hang out. And then four days later, you start talking about business. You don't mention yeah. a single thing. That's not the American way. No, but you do see that in a lot of movies. Like Rising Sun is one of my yeah. favorite movies of all time. That's definitely on my top 50. That's one I was thinking of uh, one of your favorite movies. I love Rising Sun. Yeah, yeah. Rising Sun is definitely on there. And it helps that I read the book like a day before I saw the movie in and the theater. And you said it was perfect. So good. Well, the, they changed the ending, but it didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Yeah. But the ending it, was great. Yeah, the ending was great. It was just that, you know, the the guy that fell in the cement, it was just a different guy that yeah. fell in it. It wasn't the guy that played, uh, because the guy in the movie that fell in the cement was the guy who played Robert Kennedy in Hoffa. Oh, okay. He's the one who fell in the cement. And in the book, it was the the little Weasley Asian guy. Yeah, yeah the one uh, that kind of... So I could see them switch, yeah, yeah. swapping it and everything. It didn't make a big deal, but I love that this movie. This movie though. was great. Yeah, the... When they were drinking in the bar, and they were singing karaoke, yeah. and he gave him his tie. And, and I liked the stuff with Kate Capshaw, too. She was yeah. great in this. She, she didn't yeah. do a whole lot of, lot of movies, because at this point, she... She, she married somebody. I can't yeah, remember. she married they somebody. had a little bit of money. I can't remember <laughs> yeah. what his name was, though. Spiel something. Spiel something. Spiel I think something. he was Jewish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to... pretty sure. Out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so she she didn't she did less and less movies after that, but she had already, obviously... We had, we had known her from Temple of Doom coming out in 85. But uh, she was great in this, and I loved her Her kind of, like, this is how things work over here. She's trying to kind of explain things to Michael yeah, Douglas. you can't just rush in. Yeah. You can't. He needed that, too. He and needed- he was kind of a break-the-rules kind of cop. The yeah. first thing he did when he was at the crime scene was steal some evidence. Yeah. Remember? And he said, yeah. And, uh, and that may have, and I like that element that, hey, this may have kind of flew in New York, but it sure as hell is not yeah. going to fly here and in he, Japan. And so him and Maj, was yeah, that? Maj, I think is his name, yeah. Well, that's had, what they called him. They had definitely, yeah, it was something, and they just called him Maj. Yeah. But their relationship, obviously, was yeah. kind of, not, wasn't as good as 
is well he realized that michael douglas was really smart when it came to the counterfeiting stuff he realized about the plates remember he's burning the money and he's like he's like you see this color here this is not what's supposed to happen so they did a lot of good research i'm always wondering with those counterfeiting movies what they leave out it's like it's like when they did breaking bad don't put the actual recipe in there for the meth please (laughs) leave one element out i feel they do that with counterfeiting a little bit maybe i don't know but (laughs) couldn't do it yeah i I love black rain You better off being a cryptocurrency stealer. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, this next movie is when it completely changed for Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott was known for sci-fi movies, fantasy movies, action movies. And not that this wasn't an action movie, but this was a big departure for him. A girl bonding movie. Yeah, girl bonding movie. At like, uh, Road trip. And it's such a great movie, Slash. too. And this was like everyone who thought that they weren't going to like this movie Spoiler watched it. Alert. And yeah, I know this one definitely has a major one. So 1991's Thelma and Louise. But you would think that like like guys who like guy movies would avoid this movie. No, this was a good movie on, yeah. on everyone's part. Yeah. This was an action packed. This had uh, two great actresses and Breaking tons of great actors in it too, like playing the husbands need and to the drive cops. Up that clip. Yeah, Spoiler. I just they didn't want to go to jail. They were killing people by the end. You know, they were they would have gone the prison forever so they killed the guy that raped yeah that they could have got away with who did they kill after that i can't remember there was a lot of cops dying and remember they were blowing they were blowing stuff up and there was was a lot of shit that they couldn't they They made it cross the line they made it completely clear by the end that there was no turning back and i mean that was obvious with what they went through but so they it started out and talk about a great arc for your characters you know they both started out with Susan Sarandon one and of them had Gina a bad Davis. Breakup, right? Yeah, one of them was dating an asshole, and it, the asshole was Chris from McDonald. Uh, Chris, Shooter. I bet he. Shooter. I bet he, I bet he had to have a lot of research to do that. Shooter was the prick, and Shooter was with Gina Davis, and Susan Sarandon was with uh, Michael Madsen, who was actually a decent guy, who was like, "Yeah, you go do what you think," and the cops mm. are here, but I'm not going to tell them anything. And I think Harvey Keitel, I think, was the yep. cop. Mm-hmm. And basically what happened is they were going to go on a road trip and everything was fine until they went to the bar and they, uh, there was that one character actor that we, I've seen him in a lot of different movies is the one that Brad took Pitt. Gene Davis. No, no, that was later on though. Uh, took Gina Davis outside and, oh, and like yeah, raped her yeah. in the parking lot. Yep. And then, uh, then Susan Sarandon came out with the gun and like mm. just held it on him and things went bad. And uh, I think didn't, did Gina actually do the shooting, or yeah. did uh, Susan do the shooting? I think Gina did the shooting. Like she lost the gun at some point. Gina picked it up and I think shot he him. Slapped her and punched her. Something, or something. I can't she remember. The gun because it was it was dark. I mean, it was it was a dark rape scene for sure. Like not that any rape had, scene is hard. If they had surrendered right there, they would have been okay. Yeah. It would have been... They would have had to go to court. But I could see the argument that Susan Sarandon's like, we're in a town, these are good old boys, yeah. they're going to swing mean, this in true. one direction, and we're going to be Definitely fucked. Definitely true. They saw, you, they saw you letting this guy put your hand on it, yeah. on your ass the entire time they were inside that club and everything. I shot the clerk. I mean, it was... Cl- <laughs> I shot the clerk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's the kind of script that you have, because you, you don't want it to be clear-cut, oh, they could have gotten away with this. Yeah, if, no, of course. So the idea that they were going to run, it was good. And it was, I mean... It's good for the movie too. Uh, the movie been over, right yeah. There. But or yeah, this was probably one of the the first times we were from, we saw Brad Pitt in a movie too. 
Uh, we had seen him, him here and TV there. TV shows a couple times. Yeah, he was in TV shows and stuff like that. But, but uh, he, I'm not sure if this was his first major, major movie I can remember him. I'm not sure. But uh, obviously he was still that heartthrobby guy and stole their money and everything. And uh, he was kind of a grifter in the movie. But uh, I loved all the stuff with this movie. It was it was definitely a road movie. It was a cop chasing movie. I mean, it had a lot of uh, long chase scenes. What was that it. weird movie with Kevin Costner and he took that kid and gave him a Casper suit? Oh, Perfect, Perfect world. world. Perfect World. That was a Clint Eastwood. Awesome movie, me. man. Awesome movie. That's, that movie is going to see the feels at different times during it. But it's, it's a road movie, too. It's a really good road movie also. I, I love a good road movie. I'm not sure we've done... Have we done road movies? I think we might have done Did we do movies. Bob Hope and uh, Road, <laughs> not those road to Morocco? Road, not those road movies. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like The Chase with Chuck Sheen. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about... Was, what was uh, the guy from Glengarry Graham Larson? They went to New York City. They remade it. But it was probably a play. Oh, with uh, your, the Out of Town. Yeah, that was Neil Simon. Yeah, yeah, it was great. They did redo it with uh, Goldie Hawn and Steve Martin. The original was way better. The original was awesome. Yeah, I got it coming in the mail actually. I, my well, I owned it, and I I lent, have a backup. Well, no, I I lent it to mom, and she's like, "This disc doesn't work." I was like, "Oh fuck!" And I was like, "So I just found it again." And I was like, "I, re- I got to replace it." Did you had you watched it before? Or you just sipped it to her without it. So many movies. I probably got. 800 movies that I have not watched since I bought them. <laughs> I just got them ready. It's not about to... watching them. Well, no, no but there's times to like, watch. They're there when I need them. Like, I'm, I'm going <laughs> there when I need them. That should be the title yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's a window into Paul's soul. We they're were going, there when I need them. We're doing Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to watch End of Days. I own End of Days. Probably haven't watched it since I bought it. And it's such a fantastic movie. Man, I wish I had time to watch a movie. Yeah, I try to watch one a day. If, if I'm lucky. I'll watch half of one a day sometimes, and then I'll continue the next morning because I like doing it in the mornings. I work from the time I get up to go to sleep. Yeah. And, it, I'm just, and, it, and it's not the same thing. It's not like work, work. But yeah. Well, like, I'm, that's why I'm glad I have a job where I can leave it at work, and then I'm, I'm, I'm good for the next 14 hours. And then I, I go have, back. I have 40-minute spots Breaks. in my whole day that I – like probably seven of them. Yeah. But to get something to actually relax in 45 minutes yeah. is tough because it's like – Today I got the podcast. I got two calls in the afternoon. I got to do. I got graphic design. I'm doing. Not me. I'm gonna make some blueberry pancakes. You're gonna and watch. Hang uh, out and watch some. You're movies. gonna watch this next movie. <laughs> All right, the next movie. No, I've I've watched this last week though. There was two movies on the list. The next two that I felt like I needed to watch again just to refamiliarize myself. You know what them. I did? I didn't. You didn't watch it. But <laughs> I'll I'll educate you on them. I love this next one. 1997's GI Jane. I, I love this movie, man. This was a great movie that I hadn't watched in a long time. Totally forgot about it. Uh, Vigo. This was like when I... We, we had already seen Vigo in like 93 is when Carlito's Way came out. And that was probably the first time I think we saw Vigo Mortensen. Maybe the Texas Chainsaw movie. He was in Texas and Chainsaw And he wasn't his normal three. character in, in that movie. He well, was Carlitos, in he was in the wheelchair. Wheelchair in the Carlito. Yeah. I can't fuck. I can't shit. It was a depressing yeah. piece of shit yeah, yeah. in that movie, and I loved him in Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. But I, uh, I'm not even sure I even knew that was Vigo back then. I did, um, but when and when this movie came out, this is when I really thought he started to take off. And then once he got, uh, once he got the Lord of the Rings, yeah, it was like yeah. he can do whatever the hell he wanted. But he was, he probably did overseas shit. He was wasn't he from Australia? No, I don't think so. I no? think he I think Vigo was uh was an American. American. I think he's American. They put an American Lord uh, of the Rings. I <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> kinda weird. Put Liv Tyler in there though. So I guess. You can do that <laughs> accent, you're good. Uh 
But I loved him in G.I. Jane, man. I totally forgot how much of a prick he was. Oh, man. Even the whole crew turned on him at some point. Yeah, he was the Master Sergeant. Yeah, Master Sergeant. This was like... I mean, his job is to be a prick. Great character actors in this movie. If you go back, everyone in charge, everything. Uh, Demi Moore worked in like... She she worked in like intelligence where you would be in the room where the drone is like uh, where they launch the drone and they're watching the screens yeah, and everything. So why I wonder why she was in the helicopter. That in in the helicopter? What do you mean? Go ahead. Oh, you thinking Car on a fire? No, 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 she's not. I don't think she's in a helicopter oh, in okay. this movie. Uh, but Car on a fire that was uh, definitely a helicopter. But they wanted to put uh, what's her name Anne Bancroft was big into and I love Anne Bancroft in this this movie in Point of No Return she was so good in she was the one that was training Bridget Fonda mm-hmm. uh, how to walk yeah, and yeah, talk yeah. and that I yeah. loved her in that obviously the graduate but she she was one of those tough old broads uh, that would just come on the screen and you were like holy shit I am scared of Anne Bancroft's just stare in this movie and she was in the Senate in this and she's like we want to push through a woman into the SEAL program and everything and so we're going to we're going to go through all these people and she went through all the pictures and she decided we want Demi Moore here and Demi Moore got in shape for this movie my god but they must have filmed her first scene no first. she was probably she was in uniform through the whole thing so you didn't get to see her like not jacked kind up kind of jacked home. up but later on obviously she was wearing uh, wife beaters and she was like doing one arm push ups and shit like that how old do you like think that. she was probably 30 30, 35 in this movie. And she still looks fantastic. There were pictures on like the internet last week of her in a bikini on the beach. She still looks great. Well, she got even, she got, not that she ever lost her muscle tone and everything, but I think when she did uh, striptease, she just got in shape once again. And then she got in super good shape for the Charlie's Angels movie. So she's always been, and she's always been part of our life in, in early movies, had that great throaty voice and everything. So I thought she was perfect in the movie. But in the movie, she was dating some guy that uh, that was telling her, don't do this. Why would you want to do this and everything? And I didn't realize until I rewatched it, it's the guy from Monkey Shines, the guy that got paralyzed. Really? It's her boyfriend in this. Huh. And he's actually working against her a lot in the movies where they the high ups want, keep tabs on this girl. We want to know what this girl's doing and everything. She's going to make the uh, the core look bad and this and that or the, the Navy, I guess it was. And people are like, no, she's kind of a badass, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> like, she's, and she's super smart. And every, at every turn, they're waiting for her to fail, and she doesn't, and she does just as well, and she does not give up. And she they, doesn't want special treatment. She keeps telling them. they had promoted women back in the 20s and 30s like they promote them now. Oh, yeah. They would have had They should an, be running everything. That's be, the yeah. big mistake that they, they've you, made. You, this needs to be like the queen bee drone situation. Yeah. Put the women in charge yeah. and put these grunts out there to fucking uh, fight sorry, on the line. And, sorry, <laughs> but I mean, you're meatheads. You know it. <laughs> but I, I loved all this stuff with her. I loved the back and forth between her and Vigo. That was one of my favorite lines was where... She thought she was getting special treatment, and she she didn't want special treatment. She kept saying, if, if you're not going to go easy on the guys, don't go easy on me. And she felt like she got a break on one of the uh, drills or something. So she shows up at the master sergeant's thing, and she wants to talk to him, and someone else is at the door. And then she demands to talk to him, and he gets to the door, and all he says is, hey, if I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. And slams <laughs> the door in her face. <laughs> it was awesome. I uh, mean, that, that's sort of the way... Because he was a drill instructor. Yeah. 
But the the I don't know if you remember how well, how well do you remember this movie? No. I know you've well, you've seen it. But, I've definitely uh, seen it. Yeah, there's some great stuff where like I just remember him really pushing her. Yeah, and but he pushes all of them too. But he also there were moments Doesn't he hit on her at one point. Like, no, no, he was pretty res- he was pretty respectable uh, through the whole thing. And there were moments that he was looking out for in a good way. Like he saw the other men. The other men were not happy that she was there. Yeah. And there were moments where like. They were in speedboats and they had to go in and like grab them mm-hmm. uh, out of the water. And they, and they would intentionally like miss her, her on purpose yeah. and everything. And then there was a great scene where Vigo saw one of the guys do that. And he just kicked him off the fucking boat, like just booted him off the boat. And they were like, let's go back around. We don't leave anyone behind. And, uh, but there was a moment that he, the crew really got to like her. And, she tried so hard. Why you would not like her in this? There was a scene where they all... They were threatened the, by women back then. Yeah. I so mean, it, wasn't a, it wasn't that they didn't like her. It was just the they, frat mentality yeah, is what it's was like, going on. Do you want can, her defending your yeah, life? Do you want like her? Probably. If she's strong enough and can put up with it, shit, yeah. The only thing I require, you got to be able to drag my yeah. ass well, if I get shot. Yeah. And, and she proved, and she proved that she could do Absolutely. that. Absolutely, she and saved not, so many people, and she saved Vigo at one point. Was what yeah. really changed it. All I care is you're in shape. You know, what I, yeah. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. Because we did eventually get to see them go on missions, but there was a there was a great scene where they were going through these drills, and they had to go up this huge wall, and she's yelling them, "Let's go!" And she gets down on all fours and lets people jump on her back, each and every <laughs> one of them. And then at the end, she reaches up, and the guy won't grab her arm. Yeah. And you're like, "Come on, dude!" She just helped so, every single one of you. You're not grabbing your arm, so you. you you're like with her fighting in this movie for her. And uh, yeah, eventually she has to save Vigo. I mean, the only way military works is if everybody respects each other. Yeah. And I feel like they're really good at that now. I Just what you see, you feel like you're, there's not an, a lot of the, uh, the shittiness between the grunts. Uh, these days i think i think that's more with the higher ups or with the people that are like uh, armchair soldiers at home than the actual people i think well war is different you're never gonna have you're never gonna have one giant army on one side of the river and another giant army on the other side it's drones drones is what it should be it's gonna be drones and some and some peacekeepers peacekeepers in quotes yeah like mopping up from the ground. I mean, that's what's crazy about what's going on in Afghanistan now and everything. So and it's, crazy. Because it's... It's so crazy that people suicide are Suicide bombers is like undefendable, undef- you know? No. And we're going to talk more about this probably as closer to like Black Hawk Down yep. type stuff because Black Hawk Down is very similar to kind of what's going on with its evac now type of deal. Well, let's move on. Right. G.I. Jane's awesome. Check it out. Yep. The next movie I watched a lot when it came out. Like I remember having it on DVD and I watched it so many times that I think I avoided it after a while. So I hadn't watched it in a, in a long time until like last week was 2000's Gladiator. And I forgot how much I liked it, man. I, I forgot how great not only Russell Crowe, who won the Oscar for it, but Joaquin Phoenix was nominated. And this was one of the first times because he had done this. And I'm pretty sure the same year Quills came out. And you were like, fucking Joaquin's like killing yep. it in all these movies. You know the funny thing about this movie? I don't think i've ever watched it in one sitting oh really i bet i've seen it three times yeah through but i've only ever seen it and i i don't know why that is but it's good it's so good man you forget how good it is i love the the richard harris stuff so basically it's the the it's the, Roman, the, classic Roman gladiators. Yeah, stuff. it's it's very uh, Titus kind of Andronicus yeah. mm-hmm. type of thing. So he gets back, and Richard Harris is like, it's pretty close to on his deathbed, and he's he's but he's he's still got years to live. I, I like when people are like, man, I wouldn't have a kid in the 
2020s. This world is a sick, crazy world. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's always going to be I was a like, sick, crazy world. You do know world. that they they <laughs> used to round people up to fight with tigers, yeah. and they'd sit around and drink wine and eat. <laughs> Yeah, meat, the meat, slaves meat and pies. everything, you know? It's I mean, like, you do know that happened, right? This isn't, they didn't just make that shit up. <laughs> and this was like a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this also introduced us to Connie Brighton, who had gone has gone on to do a whole bunch of different stuff. So Connie Brighton was the daughter of Richard Harris, and then Joaquin Phoenix uh, was the son. And everyone realized that uh, Joaquin Phoenix was kind of a loose cannon, and he's not... They needed Richard Harris needed an heir to when he was going to die, and he was already planning ahead uh, for his death. And the one of the main generals was Russell Crowe. He and his troops loved him and respected him, and they would go to death for him. And he literally told him he took him aside, and they had that uh, meeting together. And it was just Richard Harris and uh, Russell Crowe, and says, you know, I can't have my son take over so you're going to be the one that takes over everything can you imagine from almost being king to being where he ends up yeah no it's crazy <laughs> that's the classic like count of monte cristo like oh it downfall. is there there's a lot of count of monte cristo elements in this movie uh all the way up to because uh, not until he took his mask off when he was when he became a gladiator did you realize oh russell crowe's back because what happens is we all as the audience the audience and Russell Crowe knows that Richard Harris wants, yeah, wants him else. to be the, his heir, yeah. but that's the only people who do. He needed to get that well, until, writing. Well, until Joaquin comes in. And Richard's very respectful. You could tell that he loves his son, and he, he's trying to tell him easily. And he says, I'm going to have uh, Maximus, I think, is uh, is, yeah. is that uh, uh, Russell Crowe. He says, I'm going to have him take over from me. And he's just, you could tell Joaquin's losing it. And he says, why didn't you ever love me? And this and that. So he ends up hugging his dad. And then he like basically crushes him up against his chest and like his, his suffocating him and everything and kills him. And then immediately blames it on Russell Crowe. And then Russell Crowe <laughs> is like, he, he's on the run, get my, get my people and everything. And before he realizes, or he can even get out of the compound, he's knocked on the back of the head and boom, sold into slavery. And that's kind of the count of Monte Cristo, you know, he gets uh kind of blamed for something he doesn't doesn't do yeah. and has to go uh go uh and do hard labor and everything <clears throat> thankfully i mean for russell crowe he got lucky and got bought by that one guy the one guy that bought him uh, who ran the the gladiators that were bringing him mm-hmm. to rome the only thing i remember him from is curse the werewolf he was awesome man the curse the werewolf that. that was uh one of the ha- uh the hammer horror movies and uh he had such a unique look as the werewolf uh, back in the day, I just remember him from the books and everything, and I went, remember seeking it out to watch it. He was awesome in it. Uh, and it also had that black guy that I always f- can't uh, say his name, man. He's got such a hard name, and I need to put it to memory, like uh, so many other people with difficult names, but it's the guy from Blood Diamond okay. and from Amistad, yeah. and he was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's yeah. really good. And he became like his best friend, but... Russell Crowe was never telling anyone, "Hey, you know, I used to be a general, and I was pretty high up there." And you would or think anything a lot that of happened, people would have recognized him because generals were usually more popular. Emperors, yeah, I mean, but yeah, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't recognize him, and he gets thrown in as a slave into the gladiator and everything. And they realize, I like his chances though. Yeah, most of the time, that's true. And, and realized <laughs> after a while, holy shit, this guy can fight. Yeah, it's like, oh wait, he didn't just learn this. And the guy from Curse of the Werewolf was being like. You, He's teaching him. He's like, you got to win the crowd. If you win the crowd, then we can take you to Rome, and then this is, uh, we'll all make money off of this. And you'll too. win your freedom. And he and used to be a gladiator. And uh, sort of that's the dangling carrot that every person that's enslaved, yeah. and rightly so, it's like you could do you this. You could be a citizen. You can be you a can, full citizen. You can do this to win your freedom when you're patri- expatriates. Yeah. So it's like 
But then you got Joaquin back there who's got daddy issues. He's got sister issues, too. He's yeah. like, there's some weird, weird kind of... overtones of sexuality between yeah, him and with his him and his sister. sister and but his... I think that was pretty common back in maybe those days. That's just... I don't think that was a... I think that that still wasn't a taboo. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me again about not having a kid in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, it was creepy. <laughs> but Joaquin Phoenix was perfect in it, too. Like I said, he, he this is where he kind of came out of his shell to do all these big movies, and people realized how great he was. I, it's cool that his family was from this area. Yeah, yeah. I feel like... And that he, he went on to be... You, you never, back in the day, would have assumed that he would be as big, if not bigger, than uh, his brother. You know, because... It, yeah, I mean, his brother was on a... His brother would have gone on to do some amazing stuff, too, man. And maybe he, Joaquin wouldn't have... Maybe put as much effort into it. It's possible too, because he he's the leading dude now. I mean, oh yeah, he can re- he, he, he can, can request any he, money he yeah. wants. Yeah, and he's married now to uh, Rooney Mara, who is huge. Who, I mean, you know what she's famous for? Uh, well, being part of the like uh, Heinz Fifty Seven yeah. <laughs> family well, he and the, or the he Steelers. The, no, he owns. It's not the Steelers. Uh, I think it's the Steelers, isn't it? Isn't the he, he's the Steelers? The, Mar- the Mara's own this, and his sis- the sister is famous too. So they're both. Famous but I think families. they own two teams. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, both very much like Joaquin and his famous family. The the Rooney Mara's sister is almost as famous as she is. She was in that House of Cards and uh, who was the one in the remake of uh... her? That's Rooney, the Rooney. one he's married to. Yeah. They're both kind of weird people, so you can you can gotta get that. Every time you see Rooney Mara out in public, you're like, she does not want to be in public. <laughs> you could tell that she is awkward and does not like any of this. Just wants to go and do her movies and, and hide away. Which would be the way I'd want to do it, you know? Yeah, my impression when I, I met Joaquim a couple of times and he, he was cool, but he was one of those, like, you could tell he smoked a lot of weed. Yeah, and he just did <laughs> he his just, job and immersed so, himself uh, into it. I would hate to have to come back here because now everybody's like, nowadays he'd probably get more mobbed even more back in the day. Back in the day, oh, he still had friends that yeah. knew him before he was... No, nah, he can't walk down the... Not after now Joker. Now he couldn't do it. Not yeah, after he Joker, couldn't do so. it anymore. But yeah, Russell Crowe, amazing in this. This was probably the first big epic that we got to see Ridley Scott tackle, too. And it was it was massive. I mean, on huge, huge scale. I mean, thousands of extras. I mean, this was before... They weren't doing digital shit. This was 2000. And they had not been doing digital crowds quite yet as much as they, they will completely digitalize the crowds now. So... It, it was fun to see it. The the acting was they great. The Steelers and their part owners of the Giants. Oh, okay. See, I knew they were. They got money. <laughs> Money's not a problem with them. But uh, if they stopped to print hundred dollar bills, yeah. they'd probably lose out on money they were making by <laughs> taking the time to print hundred dollar bills. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was some great gruesome stuff in it. The stuff with the tiger and the stuff with that big guy. Remember they brought the ringer in, like the undefeated guy yeah. that had that mask on, yeah. and then Russell Crowe just what destroyed they call him? him. The, the mountain. Yep, that was the scene, basically. There was a lot of like precursors to Game of Thrones that I think was paved the way by Gladiator because there was a lot of similarities in there. Yeah, like I said, like you said, the mountain was basically this character that they brought in. And they released the two tigers opposite. Well, the mountain's massive. He's from Iceland. He's he's like bred that way (laughs) to be big. I guess he's small compared to his brothers, too. (laughs) I had heard some stuff about him. And uh, yeah, he's massive. He's a lot of good stuff. Uh, but yeah, I love Gladiator. Got tons of awards, a lot of recognition. I don't think Ridley Scott's ever won Best Director, which is crazy. Really? Yeah, I don't think he has. I think this year might be his year. I bet you he was up for it for number 10. Uh, 
Oh, he's been up for it a lot. No, yeah, I know, yeah. but I mean, I mean. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was definitely up for it for that. I'm pretty sure he was up for it for Gladiator, and he was probably up for it for Black Hawk Down. But because he has not got it yet, and he's one of the biggest directors in Hollywood, I bet he has a seriously good chance to win it with the Gucci movie because I hear great things about it. It looks like that. It looks like it takes place over like 30 years, and you get to see the whole kind of uh, the crazy rise and fall of this weird family uh and everything it's a great trailer i don't even remember how they fell so it'll be interesting <sighs> the trailer, to watch. I, uh, before you leave let me i gotta show you the trailer it's really amazing uh so yeah we'll move on to the next one the next one i warmed up later too in life you know i i did not enjoy it when i i, I enjoyed parts of it in the theater but then i i had some issues with it and then when i revisited it later on i was like ah oh, i actually like this movie a lot more than i remember liking it and that's 2001's hannibal Always knew it was going to happen. It, it kind of was like already had kind of some strikes against it because of... Uh, well, they switched Clarice's. That was the big problem. And everybody was, was the like, big problem. wait a minute. But they got the not, best possible Not only they did got. they switch it, it was... Uh, damn, I can't think of her name. What's her uh, Clarice's name? Uh, Which one? First one. Jodie Foster. <laughs> Jodie Foster, sorry. What, what hurt the, the movie, and she probably... She hurt it unintentionally probably if she came out and said the script sucks i don't want to do it really <laughs> and so it wasn't like uh i'm kind of busy and this and kept wow. it behind uh thing so people were like she's already said it sucks he said if she's if it's so bad that jodie foster does not want to come back and do it i don't know if this is yeah, gonna work that probably out. hurt them a lot it did i think it did hurt them a lot because if they, she hadn't said anything and just said i was unavailable yep it probably would have got a warmer reception yeah. and julian moore wasn't that bad in it she, she was wasn't good. fantastic in it but she wasn't there was some fatal flaws in this script. I think she got better later on. Like, it was like a couple different movies. Is, you, is what you it have felt to like. go into the fact that knowing that Ju- Juliet Moore's character as Clarice was so infatuated with the idea of Hannibal Lecter. She was like an afterthought in this movie. I think they tr- once they didn't get Jodie, I think they left her out a lot yeah, more. You would almost have the, to. Some of the most interesting stuff. The most interesting stuff in the movie to oh, me was, was that Italy French stuff. was well, French the, stuff. It was it Italy? No, it was Italy. It was yeah, Italy. it was the Italian. Yeah, the Italian stuff. That Italian uh, detective. Oh, he was is awesome in everything. He, he's he's in a shitload Plays of different character movies. actor in a lot of movies. Even Great French character movies, actor. or Italian movies. Yeah, I think he 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 runs the European like Maybe gambit. I think possibly, but he was the one that just happened. So we all knew that gave, Hannibal Lecter got away. Gave fans what they wanted. Fans wanted to know more about Hannibal himself. Him being a serial killer. Yeah, because you people forget the first one. Was he was already in prison? He was already in prison. Yeah. and you heard about all the horrible things he did. Not until Red Not Dragon. Until did Red we Dragon. Did see, you yeah. actually see him? And it was fun. Manhunter too. And that stuff was fun. Yeah, but that clearly, I think most people will say that the best stuff in Hannibal is the stuff with the Italian detective and the stuff with but, Gary Oldman. And who you didn't? Oh, who that you wouldn't know was Gary Oldman no. if you didn't see his name. My God, it's some of the creepiest makeup probably I've oh, ever seen in my yeah. life. It's difficult to watch Gary the, Oldman's everything, face. Everything, even that end sequence when she with goes the to pigs? the farm. Oh, my God. And with she the actually pig. helps to save Hannibal, but you almost feel... Yeah, Spoiler carried alert. her out of there before she got yeah. eaten by the pigs. Yeah, oh, I mean... God. But I love the opening scene where Barney is selling the mask to Gary Oldman. He's telling Hannibal. Uh, Barney is the oh yeah, is, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah Frankie yeah. Faison. Yep. who was was uh, in uh, uh, the last one. Yeah, he was the he was the guard that yep. that kind of clicked with Clarice and kind of helped her in there and uh, 
got got Hannibal stuff. So he, he was a nice guard and everything, but he was trying to make money. He and, said, stay to the right. Yeah, stay to the right. <laughs> and then, uh, but Gary Oldman was like obsessed with yeah. Hannibal Lecter that oh, he yeah. wanted like, well, he had, he, had, he had already different. He was there because him. of Hannibal. Remember, they did that flashback where yeah. they took acid. That yeah, yeah. was creepy. And he shit, made him man. cut his face. And off. He made him cut his own face off, and it was creepy. And like, as hell. so he was super. obsessed with him in like almost a good way and a bad way with him. It was weird his obsession because he liked Hannibal, but he hated him also because of what but he didn't had want become. To serve him for dinner. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of weird stuff with him, but and the pigs just made everything really creepy. But. Gary Oldman had a couple different elements from Hannibal already. I can't remember what it was, like a book maybe or a pen or something like that. Yeah. But Barney brought him the ultimate prize. Like yeah. He brought him that mask. In, in Gary Oldman's face, you, you could see it just below the makeup. Well, yeah. like, Name your price type of deal and uh, whatever you want. He got like 100 grand for it, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, it was like a crazy amount. And then Barney had to like uh, kind of uh, spill his beans to uh, Julian Moore later on on what he was doing and everything. So... After that, we had seen um, Anthony Hopkins fled to Italy. And the problem with it is he kind of had a high-profile job yeah. there. <laughs> that was one of the first yeah. elements in the script where I was like, really? Would he be doing And he didn't change that? his appearance piece at all. He was like, what do they call that at the museum? Museum curator? The curator. He was yeah. the curator He's of one the of one the big museums there in Italy. And that's the biggest job in the museum. And he knew everything, which was great. But the problem was he gets he gets recognized well, by the Well, he was Italian. having dinner parties. Yep. Wouldn't and, you have heard about this dude that has yeah. dinner parties? Was rich and psychologist? He got away with it for a while until the Italian detective always like, recognized him. They always give him smart care. Characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I like that because I think he's really smart. Yeah, like the edge. Yeah, for sure. So the detective foolishly uh, is dealing with Anthony Hopkins. I know who you are. You're going to pay me a certain amount of money and this well, and that. He, he had an opportunity he to leave. He had an opportunity to leave. And he did. And he made money and he could have left. Yep. That was the problem. That was the problem. I mean, and the, he got that's the classic. His, they went to the classic horror 101 when just, when you think something bad could happen yeah. and you don't leave. You should have left. You that's left. what that you're gonna go back and uh, when, what's his name? Oh, god, what's his name? Was torturing Daniel Craig. He's like, I never had a man down here before that. Oh, remake. yeah, yeah. And he's like, You knew something bad was gonna happen. That was and yet another you came back one. anyways Stellan because man. you were more afraid of being rude than you were being murdered. Stellan's also like that. that actor that can oh. play super sweet and he can play such an evil shite. And man, he was evil in that movie. I love the remake just as much as the original, but I love that original. I love um, them both. Yeah, the Naomi Repay stuff. But when I go back and watch the Naomi Repay stuff, I watch two and three more than I watch one. I know that one story so well. Did you, there's a comedian, and he's like, I forget who the comedian was, but he said he went to see the first one with his brother. Yeah. And he said just after the rape scene, his brother turned the to him. The remake or the original? The original. Yeah. His brother turned to him and said, I'm sorry, is this it? Where is this? <laughs> Are we at a zoo? <laughs> and his brother laughed out loud. Oh. In the theater, crowded theater. Ah. And everybody was freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Like yelling at him. Yeah, like, you gotta be careful. That was fucking horrible. Why are you laughing? <laughs> and like he couldn't tell a joke. He couldn't stand up and tell yeah. why he was laughing. But yeah, yeah. oh, <laughs> can you imagine sitting in that theater? Uh, so, and I, I love the death scene of the Italian detective. It was brilliant. It's probably my favorite scene of the movie where oh. where he gets him and then he Anytime like... Anytime you do medieval oh, torture He just shit. tosses him out the fucking window and everything. The, the but he makes that, it so, so that his body will stop and then he made an incision in his guts yeah. so that his entrails would come flying out because yeah. it was he was doing like an ode to stuff that used to do back in the medieval Yeah, it was times. like a painting that yeah. he was trying to recreate yeah. or something like that and or a statue. 
Yeah, and it's it, crazy because they used to do crazy shit like that in medieval times, throw people off buildings. And the the problem stick with them on Hannibal pikes. is the the consistency. It, it did feel like several different movies, and it it, did. it felt like Julian Moore wasn't as connected to it that as she was at the end. So then the third act happens, and uh, in the theater, I remember thinking the Ray Liotta stuff was ridiculous. Yeah, it, it was. It looked goofy to me for some reason, and it was almost more laughable than it was creepy. Mm-hmm. I think I, they most people were creeped out by the scene and thought it was cool, where I thought it was ridiculous. And then when I rewatched, I was like, okay, it's not as bad. It's not as bad. Well, the brain doesn't feel any pain. Yeah, so what we're talking about, and it was a creepy scene, if you haven't seen this movie, where Hannibal, can, Hannibal kidnaps basically everyone and drugs everyone and has them yeah. at the dinner table. He's having his and last everything. hurrah and dinner party. You think that Ray Liotta's just drugged and Charlie's... Uh, uh, Claire Reese. He's telling the stories and he's acting really weird. He, yeah, he's like he's like drunk or he's weird. out of it. And yeah. he's he's commenting like about Clarice's like tits or something like that, and it seemed inappropriate. Yeah. And you're like, why was he doing this? Because he was her boss. Yeah, and everything. And then all of a sudden, uh, Hannibal Lecter takes the top of Ray Liotta's head off. You realize that his brain is he's already cut through his skull and his brain's exposed. And he, he literally takes a piece. Little... He takes a piece of Ray Liotta's brain. Puts it in like he's fondueing it or something, like yeah. or he's like uh, grilling right at yeah. the table, mm-hmm. and then grills it and feeds it to Ray Liotta. Man, talking about it seems really more fucked up than it actually was because it, it there was a lightheartedness to it just because of Ray Liotta's acting in it. He was like a child. Almost. He was like a child, and he was but it, goofy. Which makes and, sense because he was cutting his frontal cortex. Yeah, what do they call it? The frontal lobe. Yeah, like, and that has a lot to do with your like demeanor. So yeah, when you I think get injuries, sometimes you act super different. No, I get it. And I, the second viewing of it, I, I got a lot more. But for some reason, I thought it was pretty ridiculous when I saw it, it the first ridiculous. time. Uh, it, it, I mean, was, it sounds creepy. It's so. a good movie, man. I remember rewatching. I went up uh, north to Eric's house one day, and we had it in the background and everything. We're watching parts of it. And I was like, man, I forgot how good this parts of this movie was. Yeah. And uh, when I came back is when I rewatched it and bought it, and I loved it. Well, this next one, man. This one, this one was always a good one to play on a good sound system. Like you're gonna oh, yeah. rock your speakers for this oh, movie yeah. because there's so much going on in it. And this was 2001, same year as Hannibal. So this was Ridley Scott's year, man. Well, even that uh, between the two years of 2000 and 2001, he had Gladiator, Hannibal, and now 2001, Black Hawk Down. Man, Black Hawk Down was good. Such a good movie, man. And it's I such can't a, imagine how much it cost to make. And it seemed really accurate from all the accounts because yep. there was a lot of people yep. that did interviews about it. We had, saw actual footage of it. We, and they were very respectful for what this was. And this is a good movie. I like this format where they followed like two days, a two-day slice. Yeah. Almost in – they jumped forward a little bit but not much. Like they stayed in real time once that convoy yeah. hit – was a good example of the Deltas and the Rangers yeah. too. You you got a good idea of who was who, and they some of the best actors uh, of the time, uh, Harnett and uh, uh, Eric Bana. Probably one of the first William, times I saw Eric Bana. William Fichter, and there, there was tons. of Sizemore was Sizemore amazing was in this movie. Uh, so the actual incident. I mean, happened. I seek out every war movie. Yeah, yeah. that's made. Yeah, especially so, a true one. If they if they're a true story, like if they do. An app movie about the airport, yeah. Afghanistan with the Rangers. Oh, they will. they will. They will. Because it's the story. It's a movie right there. Yeah. You know. Um, and we're not even seeing the third act play out yet. No. And, uh, <laughs> but with I, this, this it. was this was an, an, a very interesting time. Clinton's, Clinton's era as president was pretty lackluster where there wasn't a whole lot happening. You know, he was. Uh, but then when the Mogadishu thing happened. And why don't you tell us about what was going on in Mogadishu with the so warlords. The warlords 
were trying to take over the region. So what they did is they just c- controlled all the food. Yeah, the we were dropping we, stuff over there. Well, even before that, I mean, we, they've always Somalis always had problems. Yeah, they live in a place where it's difficult to grow food, and they they just fall to the warlords and the wars. And so, well, that's what was crazy about it that we were dropping food, and then within an hour, the warlords were taking it. Yeah, but at least there were like some people are getting the food. Yeah. But it starts out where they're doing things are getting worse and worse. The wards wanting more control. So our job over there was just to make sure they didn't do, go super crazy. And then take and eventually to, take the warlord out. And to try to kill the targeted people that are helping keeping this network together. Because yeah. they had gotten too powerful. Rather than one in a region, one guy came and put a whole region together. And so he could steal all the food no matter what. And Americans couldn't do anything because we didn't want to get sucked into another this war. Is similar to to Vietnam in the way that we yeah. underestimated. Can you imagine if we had drones in Vietnam. Huh. We just underestimated big time the we didn't expect 13 year olds with with I mean, rockets this is the same to go reason to the why roof. we're going through and not to make this a political pod but the same problems we've had in every place we've gone yeah. to is you can't fight against an enemy that's willing to die for what they believe in. Yeah. It's Su- really that's difficult. That's why I said suicide bombers. It's difficult to f- how, how do you How are you going to stop suicide? Cuz the only threat of a real war is you don't want to die. Yeah. And if you want to die, <laughs> I think you gotta you got you gotta leg up. You gotta leg up. <laughs> I don't care if your weapons aren't as good. In in this in this region, they were giving the kids cot, which is that yeah. uh, it's, it's a like it's a high op- it's opium a, drug that you chew. It's like it looks like grass almost. And they would look get like, like in their teeth yeah. and everything. And then they would get so hopped up they would just hand thir- twelve and thirteen year olds like RPGs and they would go up to the roof and nothing scarier than that. Oh. Do you ever see that? The beast within us, or the beast? It was about the child soldiers in mm, Africa. No, oh, I think I have heard and about it. I never saw someone. It. Southern Wild, the Southern Beast of the Southern beast Wild. Beast of the Southern Wild. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw it once. Yeah, yeah it was scary. It wa- would, it wa- dealt watching with the kids. young kids carry around AK forty seven. It's the same thing and, with like uh, Captain Phillips when you're yeah. seeing them mm-hmm. like recruit him on the beach. Yeah. Hey, we're pirates. Let's go out. And that was Mogadishu also. I mean, it was Somalia. It's funny right that there. like one ship that they would take and they'd just ransom it and they would give up, they would give the ship back yeah. with the people. Yeah, they yeah. just wanted the money. They just they wanted the money. hurt anybody. Yeah. As long as someone paid and then some countries are like, well, we're just going to send our Navy over there and just blow yeah. them all up. But they the, could these feed their were, whole village for a year on one ship. Yeah, the problem with what was going on at this period of time, it was like a human rights human thing rights after a while. Yeah. They were starving their own people. They were starving their own people to, for control and just people were dying. And so the way this was done was great. You got to see them at the barracks. We got to identify the Deltas, the Rangers, they and gave the you other the, grunts. They did the whole, like, here's who these guys are. Yeah. And so you later on, you can give a shit about them. Something they didn't do in the Pacific. Well, what was great about it is... you, you <laughs> Did got, I tell you that's why I don't like the Pacific? Why is that? They had everybody five foot eight Italian guy as a soldier. And so when one oh, died, yeah, you yeah. didn't give a shit about him. You're like... Who was that guy? Well, that, that's the <laughs> argument that you really got to go to distinctive, well-known, or well-recognizable actors, yeah. and it, it's you, hard to you do when think they're all the in audience uniform. is like they just killed Colin Farrell. Not it's hard to do in three. uniform too, and, and in this movie it's too, to it, it's hard to see who was who. Like the guy who played Spud was really good in this movie because you yes, recognized he him. He was the one who lost his hearing yeah. in this movie. Yeah. What? <laughs> but I love that. When the Deltas and the Rangers started falling, you know the grunts were like, holy yeah. fuck. Because these guys were the badass motherfuckers. You know what's funny about this movie? It's intense, man. This is, is an intense movie. I watched the documentary for this movie. Yeah. And, good, good documentary. And they, So they had those little bird helicopters that had the rapid fire machine guns that come in and strafe. But yeah. then they had the Blackhawks that would come in and drop people off. Yep. The army wouldn't let them use Blackhawks. So they're not actually Blackhawks. They're 
outfitted like. Oh a, yeah, but that's they're true. Actually I not Black I do Hawks. remember. That. It's funny that they kept the title. There is a really good. I mean, it was a Black Hawk Down and famous. Like that voiceover they did. Mm-hmm. I heard the recording before. Yeah, when they had oh, said, yeah, yeah. "We got a Black Hawk Down. We got a yeah. Black Hawk Down." Or mm-hmm. even when they were there, they wouldn't leave the guy behind. Mike, yeah. Mike, something. We're not going to leave you. We're here for you. We're here with you. Yeah. That the intensity of the the fight, just that first hour of the movie that did not stop it was just one no. after another and, after then, another. and then what happened was is a bunch of them got separated so now you're following three different clans yeah like when sizemore is in his truck and they were like we don't know where we're going where we are they we're had that lost, rpg man. that came through the yeah. side door oh. into the soldier oh yeah but didn't explode man it's such an intense movie. there was it, this was a bloody bloody battle yeah because the problem was is they sent in they were kid. They were gonna kidnap. Like they knew there was a council meeting. F- Remember that it was funny. Yeah, the they had that one guy who cab made driver. the X on his top of his yeah, uh, roof. And yeah, he was like a local cab driver, yeah. and they said park your car out in front. And you had the guys in the background. He's like, he sounds the one that played from Twenty Four. Uh, played uh, the, the bad guy. Uh, the yeah, I can't remember his name. He was one of the soldiers. He's the head, one of the generals. Oh, okay, and so. He was like relaying messages and stuff, but th- I mean, yeah, it was the, they must have had somebody there yeah. to coordinate all this stuff. Was Who was crazy. Sam Shepard? Was Sam he Shepard? He was the same thing. He, he was, was one. He was on this. He was too? the yeah. general in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the head general in charge. Such a good freaking movie. This this is one of my favorite war movies, but it is intense. If you're, it's like, it's like that Normandy scene in Save Private Ryan, but instead of being it's twelve minutes, it's, and it's claustrophobic. Very and they claustrophobic. put you in an alley instead of on a beach. At least on a beach, you can like. When it got night, you at least had a moment to rest as yeah. a viewer, you know. But then you had to deal with them trying to get that uh, that wound in the guy, and it kept slipping out of yeah. the thing. Oh, yeah. when they were trying to get the ar- clamp, clamp the artery, yeah. and he couldn't do it. Oh, it's such an intense movie. Eric Bana. This was one of the ones that really kind of showcased his talents. I mean, we had already seen him in Chopper, but and then obviously went on to do the Hulk and everything like that. And Munich was probably his best. They movie. were the super soldiers. Uh, yeah, he just he was great. I love the scene where he he goes there and he comes back yeah. and he's just shoveling food in his mouth yeah. and he's ready to go back he out there. Back. He, he jumps says, in the jeep and goes yep. right back out. This is this is who these guys are, man. They have they that live adrenaline. And and, yeah. You need those guys, man. You need those adrenaline junkies. And I had heard there were rumors that there's been several rescue missions from former special ops guys into Afghanistan. Have you heard about yep. this? I think there's a lot of stories happening that we're not even hearing about yet of what's going on there just to try to get these people back. Even going back, that guy that was on trouble, trial... Uh, court martial, the platoon oh, leader. Oh, that guy. Yeah, he went to there. He when he was in Afghanistan, he yeah. killed that kid that surrendered. Yeah, and he was on trial. That's gonna be a movie too. Oh yeah, that was horrible. His whole fucking that's got casualties of war written oh, all man. over it because all guys, his men turned on him. Some of them did. Yeah, I guess until some the of them very didn't. end. Yeah, until he and then he still got off. He would never he got gotten, pardoned by Trump. Yep. He would have never gotten pardoned by uh, Did he any, get any other. a pardon? I can't remember. He was pardoned. It's it's crazy because he gets his job back then. Yeah, and it's, it certainly. I, th- he I don't got think his pension back. Maybe. Yeah, that's what it was. It was his pension. I don't think he which is can't go back at what, that level. Oh, it's huge. Probably pretty awesome. I mean, that's all he was fighting for. Yeah. I don't think. Well, I guess it was a potential well, prison. At he some could point. go and do a book tour. Levin, for, Leavenworth. He could do a book tour for the rest of his life with some groups of the yeah. Military. The media knows, and if they do, if Oliver Stone does a movie about him, it's gonna ruin him too. So yeah, that'll come out. We're, yeah. we're pulling for that movie, Oliver. Black Hawk Down, man, fantastic. Yeah. Definitely on my top twenty-five. Twenty-five, huh? twenty-five. It would definitely be in my top hundred. I would say at least six, eight movie war movies are on that list, so it's not uncommon. How how far does it rank for just war movies for you? 
What's your favorite? It's a totally movie? different style of. What's your favorite? If you had to be had to pick just one war platoon, movie, platoon. I think. Really? Just because it has long, slow periods where I really like. Damn, I'd probably pick Full Metal Jacket because I, I you it's get to see boom, both parts. The with, yeah, that and that's probably why I wouldn't pick it really? because it doesn't feel like a journey. It oh, feels it feels like two like different movies. Movie. I mean, you get to movies. see Cowboy. You see and you get a to beginning see... and an end, and then a beginning and an end. Yeah. To yeah. Me. If I had to pick one, it would be Full Metal Jacket. Then probably. I mean, Full Platoon. Metal Jacket's probably up there. Saving yeah. Private Ryan. Yeah. Would be up there. And then Black Hawk Down for sure. Black Hawk Down is up there. I would even probably put in, uh, not Gods in general, the other one. Uh, Gettysburg. Was that a movie or a TV movie? No, the movie. It was a movie. Okay. Andersonville was the TV movie. Okay. Yeah. But that was good. Slow. Yeah. It was slow, but yeah, it was I good. Liked, I like slow. I did like I did like Gettysburg more than I mean, God's Thin Generals. Red Line would be on there. I love Finger Red Line too. That's a great movie. That's, uh, a, that's a beautiful movie. You know, it, it, because it's done by that guy who did Tree of Life, uh, Terrence Malick. I would almost. Here's the thing. I would probably have ten more movies on my top yeah. twenty-five, but I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would leave. Can if you want. It's I your top ten. A, I know, but I would say, okay, this is getting a little ridiculous. <laughs> you got to mix up the categories a little bit. Cause, well, because I I like. I like whodunit dramas almost as much as like yeah. war movies. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, this next movie is probably pretty high on your list too. It's in my top ten. Ooh, and this is 2007's, so and this a- is when Ridley really showed that he could. I mean, if you didn't see his his chops from the beginning, then you weren't paying attention. But there's Denzel a certain Washington type of actor and uh, Russell Crowe steal this movie. Yeah, so it's American Gangster, 2007. He he reunites with Russell Crowe in a great way. This is, like I said, this was the type of movie that it felt like a Scorsese-type movie or a Brian De Palma-type yeah. movie. And this is why it makes sense that he would do... I, yeah. I don't think he could do the Gucci movie before he could do the American Gangster movie because it, yep. it you're jumbling some of the biggest actors. And it's a true story. True story, for sure. I mean, he's not a... Uh, he's definitely... Not unfamiliar with true stories, obviously, with Black Hawk Down. And he's done a lot of movies that it's we're not mentioning It's almost easier here, sometimes when you get a true story. Yeah. Because you have a, you have sort of an inherent script you have to stick to. Yeah. You can focus can one that. thing more on something else, but you still have to stay within the lines. The lines, yeah. I agree with that. Whereas if you're doing your own movie, you can go any direction you want. I mean, yeah. And that, that's what hindered it. Made me think of like Apocalypse Now, where they spent... Like two months just thinking of how to end the movie, <laughs> you know, when at the very end when they I were, I think they got it right. Yeah, they got it right. But remember, if you watch that documentary, it is literally two months with just Marlon Brando, Martin Sheen, Francis Ford Coppola, how frustrated as and an Dennis actor Hopper, would you be? and they're just trying to figure out how, how frustrated to end this as an movie. actor would you be? Pretty frustrated. <laughs> Pretty frustrated, especially were, in a foreign country, filming it there in Cambodia. Yeah. Martin Sheen's already had his fucking heart attack. He just wants to go home. <laughs> Can was, we just finish was, this thing? You know what? But when they fr- saw the first print of it, they are probably like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and that still wasn't even Francis Ford's complete vision. I mean, he already had to, like, cut so much of that well, out. Well, for length. For length. For time. It's it must be so much more rewarding now. I to always know watch th- the redo. Yeah, ever always. In fact, they, that French stuff is some of my favorite stuff. Yep, and it, unless you grew up with it, like you were a kid when you saw it in the theater, I could see that you not wanting that version, but because you, course, you want yeah. the one that you've seen. But for the most part, director's cuts are the ones that I enjoy more. Every once in a while, I'll find a director's cut which I do not like as much as but the it's original. Probably a- Childhood movie where you yeah. like it as the There's original. an extended cut of Stripes that I do not like as much as the original because I know what the next scene is. Like even the be. Star Wars and they went back and put some extra scenes. Oh, in it's horrible. Like horrible. I don't I own those movies, but I, I own the originals too, which is hard to is come it hard by. To get those? 
they're in the early 2000s they came out with limited edition two uh two uh two disc sets of them and uh like never you I think the one I gave you is the the original really uh because what you needed to do is the second disc of those two disc sets on the special feature is the original theatrical cut and so that's what I always watch gotcha. when I have it on because they're difficult. I mean, it's it's less difficult in Empire Strikes Back, but if, if you're trying to watch the first one or the third one, oh, so bad. So bad what they did. I remember us buying a VHS of E.T. Someone filmed it in the theater. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Damn. And we had it way before the movie ever came out because remember, it was a long time before it came out on DVD. I remember or seeing it, it in the theater. It's one of the first I know, movies but I it, remember seeing but in the theater. It took forever to come out yeah. in the market. And we had it way before because we bought it from me. What was the next door neighbor's? Oh, the Ferraris? Yeah, I think we got it from him. Huh, that's interesting. And it was that. literally someone holding very good job <laughs> of holding a, a VHS in uh, the theater, zoomed that's in. That's funny. <laughs> Those were probably early on. They weren't going to stop you there. All right, so American Gangster. This is the true story of uh, Frank. Frank uh, um, Lucas or Lucas. Frank? Is it Frank Lucas? Yep. Yeah. Bumpy Johnson. Was Bumpy his, Johnson was, his, was he was could have had his own movie too because he was kind of a crazy guy. Oh, Clarence Williams the third yeah. played him. Awesome actors in this man. My Idris Elba you know, was in, in this movie. He came in for a day. Yeah, yeah. He just had that opening thing to kind of establish. Denzel Washington. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna have to look up what Oscars were won on American Gangster, but there was a lot of them. So tell us the story. So it was, he so was it a was con- drug runner. He was a drug runner, and this was the whole control of New York City. There was so f- during the time of Vietnam. So, one, so during the time of Vietnam, early on actually. So GIs were coming back and saying, "So let me roll back a little bit." Um, Denzel Washington's character, Lucas Frank, worked for Bumpy Johnson. Bumpy Johnson had a heart attack in the opening scene, and so. Remember Stringer Bell was like, I'm taking this over. Oh, yeah. And so uh, Denzel Washington's character still had control of Bumpy stuff, but what's his name? Came in and said, you got to pay a tax, remember? Yeah. And he gave him the he gave him the little, <laughs> the, he dumped out the dumped, sugar. Dumped out the sugar, yeah. Yeah, and said he... Said Man, he, one of the my favorite scenes is where he kills that guy when he's at the diner. And he's got all his brothers yeah, there, yeah. and his brothers don't it's the know. the same dude, yeah. yeah, yeah his brothers you don't, don't know as an audience. You haven't seen him do anything yeah. violent yet. And his brother certainly didn't know. He brought his brothers back yeah. once he started to get it almost like they wanted, he wanted them to see yeah. what he's capable of. All right, this of. is what we're doing yeah. now. It's like and that great wanna, guy from 12 years. Anybody want to quit? <laughs> yeah, great guy from 12 years of sleep. So it's insane to me that it did not win any Oscars, huh. and it was only nominated for two, and it was two Oscars that you never would have thought he would have been nominated. Design. One was Best, best Achievement costumes. in Art Direction, but the other one, Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role by Ruby D. His mom. Yeah. She, she was did, good, but, she I mean, she was, they must have been desperate because she was in the movie they probably. Her get- I mean, yeah, that might have been a Lifetime Achievement type thing, yeah, just nominating her because, I mean, she's great, but she's probably she in really the movie good. six, seven minutes of screen I mean, time maybe. Whose house is that? My house. I love that scene though. When he, that's your house, Mama. <laughs> she was in that scene. She was in. She, she slapped the, the shit trial. out. Of, she slapped the shit out of him at, too when they yeah. were like having. He marital was having marital issues. problems. Yeah, I think he, she slapped the shit out of Denzel. Because he was an asshole, man. He was. I mean, you don't get to be. I love the stuff with him going on to Vietnam, though, because once he realized yeah, yeah. that he had his cousin in Vietnam that had to connect to the opium fields that could, yeah. and his thing was he was hiding the dope in, in caskets, coffins. Now who's gonna search those? That's one of those things that you got to really hope God has a sense of humor. 
Because <laughs> that's kind of shitty, man. You're not gonna. I don't, no, I think you're hoping if there's a god or not. Yeah. I think if you. It's weird how much he ended up. But spoiler, how much he ended up working for the like federal government at the end of his like uh, once he got caught. Yeah, there was a third because act. he was a prick. I mean, to how he did things and who cool he killed. What was cool about this movie is he was. So he was bringing back his own shit by himself mm. from Vietnam. I love that guy. Well, his cousin played by the guy from Deep Cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so, little weasel so which guy. means he was buying it for a fraction of a price. Yeah. So he could make it stronger. It's exactly what they did in Year of the Dragon. So he just John made Lone his stuff stronger there. and charged at the same price. Yeah. So all his competition eventually had to come to him, remember? Yeah. He was just supplying the Cuba Gooding Jr. and the Italians with the awesome performance by um, yeah, I forgot Cuba Armand DeSante. Oh, Armand. This was one of his later movies, too, yeah, Armand. Who was played the great Italian gangster mobster yeah. perfectly. So good. Brolin, man. Josh Brolin Josh in Brolin. this movie was he, he has one of the best lines. Yeah. He pulls over. So Frank making all this money, mm-hmm. he meets the he meets the Latino girl or yeah. Italian. I can't she she seems Latino. Yeah, I think she was Latino. But they get married and then Josh Brolin pulls his limo over. Remember yep. when he was wearing oh, yeah. she was still in the wedding dress and he was still and said, I, I, I want my piece of the pie. Yeah. When you come over that bridge, you know. Yeah. He's like, see this badge? It says special investigation. I'm special. <laughs> he shot his dog at the end. Oh. I mean, he's just like, he was a scumbag. He man. played a scumbag. He, he was a total scumbag in this but movie. But it was great how they wove the, the guy that caught him. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a great story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a fabulous they story. They took a guy like. Uncorruptible. My, one, another, yeah, my yeah, favorite, yeah. One of my favorite parts of the movie is when Ted. Ted Levine. Ted Levine comes in and he's like. There's nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars here, and he's like, "Where's the rest of it?" Like he's yeah. joking with him. Then yeah, he, then he's he like, "No, that's some. all it. It's all there." Ooh, I would have taken that money. And, and he got looked down about by his other like oh, cops. Well, you can't trust them because they're all taking money. Yeah, and he's the one. I would have taken that money. He's, he's the uh, the uh, Serpico, Serpico. Of, the, of the group, man. But I mean, that's there's I a lot of a dirty cop. There's a I lot. Have done it. <laughs> there's a lot of good things that come from having that guy. You know, though. the funny thing is, you wouldn't even have to ask me if I'd take the money. I probably would have been the first person to ask other people <laughs> taking this money. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Oh, it's pretty bad. <laughs> well, it's good that you're not then. But the, uh, I wouldn't steal well, from anybody. Well, that's the but thing. They yeah, were taking yeah. it from drug dealers. They're taking it from yeah, drug dealers. I'm not talking about I, robbing I get people. It. Yeah, yeah. It's nobody's money. If it's in the drug game, it's nobody's yeah. money. It's money. Don't know where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I love the stuff with him over in Vietnam. It reminds me a lot of that Year of the Dragon stuff where John Lone went over there and he already had White Powder Ma's head yeah. in a bag. Yeah, yeah, and he was, and the, he's trying to convince the uh, the uh, the Viet Cong to give him all the poppies. Well, I have a good uh, we have a good deal already set up with White Powder Ma, so I think we're going to keep it. And then he stands up and drops White Powder Ma's head on the table. He says, "I guess you're dealing with me now." <laughs> it was very similar with like. How do you get that through customs? Well, because Frank Lucas <laughs> had the money, you know, and that's what it yeah. was. He was like, I'll pay this much, and we're just going to go through, uh, through well, my cousin here. And-, and the brilliant thing for the people that were making it, he's like, I'll come to you and pick it up. Yeah. Like, you don't have to try to ship it to the U.S. That's the hard part. Yeah. He's like, I have the way to get it in. That's the... I mean, if you have a way to get it in, you rule the drug yeah. world. Yeah. That's why the Silanoa, they control the borders. Mm-hmm. They can't unless you kill all of them. They're yeah, gonna run. are not gonna this. stop them. They're not gonna stop them. They control the borders. I love the stuff at the airport where that that uh, that white kind of bureaucrat guy shows up and starts screaming oh, at, yeah, yeah, at uh, yeah, yeah. Russell Crowe and everything. And you're disrespecting these bodies, and you are not touching those coffins and everything. And knowing damn well that they're in the coffins, yeah. uh, all the the cocaine and everything. And how did they eventually find out that they weigh them, or they 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 eventually opened them they, up or something? 
I can't remember. I they eventually saw. got access okay. to him. I think he, he, the problem he was having is he wasn't doing it. He was hiding the, what shipment it was on. Yeah. So there would be 100 flights coming in, and he'd pick one. Mm-hmm. And so he finally got the tail number of the flight yeah. that was just getting ready to come in. Because he had raided them before, and I think it didn't find anything. I yeah. don't know if that was in the story. or Because I've seen a documentary about, yeah. about the cop before, and it's really cool. But uh, it's good. Fabulous finally, movie, man. It, but you, like you said before, it's still you have about forty minutes of the movie. Is they really did offer Denzel Washington a deal? Yeah, they to became roll on friends. Everybody, almost. and he sat in a room and just identified people and pointed people. Yeah, out. they laid they laid the pictures out for yeah. him, the mug shots. He's like, nope, this guy. Or he was looking at like their big wall. Well, yeah. that guy is not connected with him. He's connected with him, and yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. piecing it all together for him and everything. And they became kind of really close. It was similar to like the Abernathy yeah, the, from like Catch, Catch Me, Me If, if You Can. can yeah. You know, you, I mean, that type of guy you definitely if you want catch on the, the biggest counterfeiter in the world. Yeah, you put him on staff. It's like a hacker. If you're the best hacker oh, shit, in the world, yeah. and the in the government captures we're you, we're not going to put you in jail. No, we're going <laughs> to buy you a house in in, <laughs> yeah. in San Diego. Show us what we should be looking yeah. for. What are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. It was like it, same thing with the Nazi scientists when we scooped up all the ones that knew happened to new stuff about nuclear stuff. and fission and, yeah. and fusion and, and there's, there's rocketry. Little, there's got to be a movie there that's going to piss people off if they really wanted to make it about the uh, the. The NASA science, the Nazi starting NASA, NASA, NASA's, 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 Na- the Nazi scientists started NASA. Yeah, and it's crazy, and it's it's fucked up, and I'm not sure how many people actually know that story. I'm wondering why they haven't made that story yet because it's not going to make the VX rocket. The guy good. that built the VX rocket, he started. Uh, yeah, they were getting ready to decimate. The Germans would have won the war if it had gone on a little longer. That's why the U.S. is is uh, usually attributed with helping the war to end, but yeah. it was really the U.S. and the Russians. They just put the squeeze on them because yeah. they were getting ready to invent some crazy fucking shit. <laughs> jet fighters, <laughs> and, jet fighters and rockets. Yeah. You know, like... Stealth. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, we still got, we still got tanks and, <laughs> and trucks. Uh, yeah, so that's it, man. American Gangster. Such a great, such a great movie. I can watch that anytime. All these movies are just such classics and everything. That's why it's it just makes no sense that Ridley has not been, has not gotten the uh, the Oscar yet. He, when you're looking over this, he should have won for Gladiator. I'm not sure. I'm sure he was nominated for Gladiator, but that's definitely what he should have won for. Uh, I mean, looking back on this list, I mean, his first two are still held up. But I bet a lot these, more people know number five than anything. Thumb really. and Louise? Yeah. You think Thumb and Louise? Just because it crossed over. Yeah, Alien I would still Alien. hold is probably his biggest movie. Gladiator and Alien probably his two biggest ones. Which one gets parodied the most? Oh, Alien, for sure. Although I have seen Stewie and... And Black Hawk Down. I have we seen, have a red sleigh down. We have a red sleigh down. I, I have seen <laughs> Stewie and, and Brian do the off-the-cliff drive when Stewie oh, had that's the... True, that's he true. had the... Uh, they have done that in a lot of different yeah. stuff, so, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm excited that Ridley's still making quality quality stuff. Like I said, I think he's gonna be this year might be his year for the Oscar once that Gucci movie comes out. It looks phenomenal. They once again Jared looks like a chameleon in the movie. You couldn't even tell it was him unless they put his name on it. Uh, Adam Driver is obviously the flavor of the month, and Lady he's Gaga. He's been the flavor for a few months. He's been a, he's been a flavor for a few years, and Lady Gaga is. Uh, slowly... And did you ever see Star Is Born? I heard she did. A good no, job I heard she that. did a good job. It's not my thing. It's not I don't my thing either. But. I could tell that she is going to make that transition, and we won't see her doing music anymore for a while, especially after the Gucci movie. That music is exhausting. Uh, So, yeah, we'll we'll be able to see. So, 
Yeah, so that's it for this week. Next week, we have an exciting Arnold Schwarzenegger really? part oh, two, Jesus man. Jesus Christ. It, it's great that I broke it up into three parts because they really are three distinctive time periods in his his life when he was just starting with that first one and the second one. He, he's like top of his game doing true true lies. Kindergarten Cop, where's that from? Kindergarten Cop's on the next one. Twins is on the next one. It's a lot of a total recall. Twins. My but, favorite line from Twins is... I'm your brother. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. From the moment you sat down, I thought I was looking in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Love that movie, man. Uh, and then the third one is all those later ones he did, like the uh, the Maggie and the Expendables and Collateral Damage and uh, just a lot of the uh, that Gunther one that uh, I still need to watch that Justin's been telling me about. Uh, but... It, and I love that he is one of the the few uh, Republicans that uh, seem like they have some is common sense. Oh yeah, he was a Republican governor in California. I mean, he's he's definitely a governor, but he's not uh, or a Republican. But he he got. Did you hear last week? He got uh, dropped he, he by called, his. Yeah. He, he he said, "Fuck your freedom to the uh, anti-maskers," which is brilliant. I mean, I'm, I love that he has got the balls and the money. You know, drop me of all you want, whatever. You don't think there's a liberal. Uh, or just a sensible kind of uh, bodybuilding company out there that's not going to snatch him up for whatever. He's yeah. got so much money, he's got to move it away from the toilet to go to the bathroom, you know? He, uh, he, you know what, though? He uh, he makes sense, you know, and he never liked Trump, which is good. I, I, can, uh, I mean, remember we didn't used to hate Republicans? Yeah. No, it just used to be a different style. Auntie and, Diane and, and yeah. Uncle Franny. Yeah. They had pictures of them with George Bush yep. and Dan That's Quayle a different type of fundraising. Different type of Republican. Yeah, because they're not it that It wasn't way like... They're, I mean... Trump split the party. Back then, it was just... They wanted... I mean, it's a lot like now. It's guns and abortion yep. and religion. Yeah. And they just... It's, our politics is horrible. Well, now it's been split because of Trump and there's... there's Which was probably good for there's us off the Democrats. Wall Republicans, yeah. If the Republican Party is split, I like them split. Yeah, because then the the sorry sensible, if, if you're a Republican out there, no, you I, have bad you have the, bad leadership. There's a difference between sensible Republicans yeah. and Trump Republicans. Some of my friends are Republicans, and listen, if you believe in your right to if if you believe in abortion is murder, like yeah. if you thought that abortion was killing little children, yeah, I, I don't know how you could be a Democrat. No, that's the thing. It's the same as the flip side of that. You know. Yeah, but. If if you're a if you believe that Trump did a great job <laughs> and that you are then you're you, just crazy then you're just crazy. I don't, if I don't you know listen you. to us and you like Trump, you can feel free never to listen. Oh to God, us. good thing we ended the uh, pod with this so they don't have to turn it off <laughs> till the end. <laughs> God damn, never listen to those guys again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got some Arnold next week, and then we got some exciting. We have a big 2000 wild card episode with an awesome trivia challenge between Dave and Justin. It's going to be epic. I I got to work on the questions this week, but it's going to be super fun. It's always uh, a good time when we do that one so all three of us will be together for that and then we've got a lot of great ones coming uh right after 200 to work all our way to like 300 man so it's gonna be exciting but if you want to get a hold of us you can uh, check us out films at gmail.com is our email you can also visit our facebook page and uh, communicate with us there or you can leave us a like or a comment on our two platforms which is soundcloud and itunes and uh we will get back to you and we appreciate you following along and joining us every week. So until next week with Arnold, see ya. Bye. If only you could see what I've seen with your eyes. Mm-hmm.